Welcome back to the New York Sports Exchange, episode number 114. <laughs> and we have our hockey preview with Jake and Matt, nearly two hours long. Two hours long. So here's the plan. We're just going to have uh, the hockey preview. Know what I saw. We're going to talk all football, all baseball for Thursday's episode. So we're just going to go into it right away. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, you love him, Jake Zaretsky and Matt Mugno. Here it is. All right. For the second full season, we'll call it third straight year because who's counting? Jake and Matt are back with us. Our long-awaited hockey preview is here. Matt, it's been a while. It's been a while. I think exactly last year you were with us. So a lot of stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened. So uh, explain the call, man, because this is the infamous call. Whenever I'm bored with myself, I just want to like hear the call one more time. And <laughs> lately I've been doing it. I've been hearing the call and it's just just explain to the viewers that don't know what happened. Yeah, I'll summarize it real quick. So I, I go for the I had to make a decision, right? I was a film guy too. So a year ago, exactly this last week, I had to make a big decision in my life. It was like, do I do the capstone film project? That would be a 15 to $20,000 film that you create goes on the circuit. You kind of travel with it, you know, Oh, Brooklyn picks it up. You play it in their film festival. Oh, Colorado picks it up. You play it in their film festival. Or do I, kind of take the risk and I don't do that capstone. I write a script, full-length screenplay in class and then on the side, outside of class, beat report and broadcast for two different clubs, student orgs at the school. So that's the route I go because obviously hockey guy. So, you know, all year they played they played the Ivies, Quinnipiac. The Ivies didn't play for two years because of COVID. So last year seemed like a little bit of a cakewalk at points. It was a lot of man hours. It was probably like seven hours, a lot of Friday and Saturday nights. So, um, you know, it was a little bit to balance at school while I was doing the pod, like my own podcast and stuff. So it was a crazy year. Uh, and then now comes end of March. They're in the regionals, which was pretty cool because it was in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So only like 30 minutes from the school. And they win that, which was a big surprise, especially over Ohio State. Um, I'm selected. I called the game actually in Lake Placid, which I thought was going to be the peak of my year. And that was their conference tournament. So like, oh. that was awesome. Cause like you're standing where Al Michaels stood, right? Like that was crazy. Like you feel the ghosts in the building. Like, you yeah. know, it's a legendary <laughs> spot. It's, it's like snowing beautiful, but that's like early March. They lose in the semifinal, like upset. Ooh. So I'm like, all right, their season's over. Well, lo and behold, they're still like, they still had a bid for the NCAA tournament. They get in to the Frozen Four. I'm selected to go. So now I'm calling the game play-by-play play in Amelie Arena in Tampa. And, like, it was cool because we kind of – obviously, I've reported on the school, the team the whole year. So, like, in the press conferences, we got to ask a lot of questions, this, that. Leading up to it, though, they beat Michigan. Like, that game was crazy. I thought, again, like, you're like, all right, they beat Michigan. All right, we'll see what they do against Minnesota. Um, they defeat Minnesota overtime, right? Have that call. That was like the peak ever. It was on MSG 150. And then like a few months later, I'm like entering the real world. And, you know, it's weird coming out of school. And then, um, you know, pick up now I'm, I'm working the hockey news. It's part time oh, yeah. with practices and games. So like, 
Thank you. Yeah. So it was, uh, (laughs) it's been like a a crazy few months. That was uh, about a half a year ago now. And then it's funny you bring that up because then the banner raising was the other night. Jake was there. He works. He's in the managing staff. So I didn't know they were awesome in college. Yeah. And it was crazy. I've never seen the arena that packed ever. It was sick. Pro River stand up. Wasn't it CJ against Drew, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two two Pro River natives in the house. Uh, I, I, Tweeted out a nice video of them in warmups. I got got some likes from the whole yeah, Fortescue family. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the whole Fortescue family was uh, involved in that in that tweet. The the whole family wanted to get together to uh, show me some show me some love. So that was nice. Oh yeah, Pro River's a hockey town for for once. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Matt. I do also want to mention this happened over the summer, but I wanted mm-hmm. to see your reaction to when I told you this. I got a very special follow on Twitter over the summer. It was your mother. I guess I guess your I guess your mom's a fan. Your mom's a she, fan. She keeps up with everything. She keeps tabs. <laughs> it's funny. I always see like my dad. He'll comment at like people I work with, and it's the best <laughs> thing ever because like you know that they see it and they see the last name. So yeah, Dan, that means you're in the inner circle now. You're a, oh, you're a trusted source. Let's fucking go. Let's go, Dan. That's big. That's, That's you moving up in the world. I'll show it. I'll show it on the on the camera. I was wow. waiting to follow her back. He got receipts. Now I have. Wow. Now I just got now it. follows back. Wow. I just want. I needed the live. I needed the live okay. input of it. I needed the live yes. input. Wanted to, wanted to, you know, I'm a foxhole guy. Foxhole guy, show show my uh, show show my spirit, show my spirit. That's right. great. So let's get it started. NHL preview. We are going to give our top three in each division, two wild card teams, Stanley Cup champion, and then we are going to go Hart Trophy, Calder, Vesna, Norris, and then we have the Selkie and the Lindsay, right? Yeah, we got a We're couple, doing that. couple sprinkled in yeah, there. Yeah, we got a couple more. Yeah. I also added like goes. teams on, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also added teams on like the outside looking in, like ones that like just missed it. So if yeah, yeah. anyone wants to jump in on that. So let's get it started with the Metropolitan, possibly the toughest division in 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 the league right now. Jake, how about you get it started? Who do you got at number one? Or who's your top three? I Let's guess put it that way. Well, before before I get into that, I do want to uh, just hopefully get it get it better this year after my absolute <laughs> catastrophe. <laughs> that was last year's prediction, uh, predicting the Bruins to miss the playoffs, have their worst statistical season ever, and for the Blue Jackets to make the playoffs. But uh, <laughs> looking, looking ahead to uh, this season, um, I think that there's a lot of – written in the sand kind of stuff going on. Um, I caught up a lot on offseason moves and you can kind of tell what direction teams are going in just based on, a, you know, who they're signing. And I think we're going to see a pretty big repeat of uh, what we saw last year in the Metro division in terms of where the teams are going to be. I have okay. Carolina in first place. I think a lot of people are going to be between them and New Jersey uh, with some of my close friends picking the Rangers as well. Uh, I just think Carolina, they continue to get better as the days go on. They're built for the regular season, if some may say, but a lot of people are taking them to be President's Trophy, uh, you know, winners of the Metro, whatever, and then they're having them eliminated um, Easter Conference Semifinal or Conference Final, whatever it may be. So 
they're my team for the Metro. Uh, they brought in Michael Bunting. They signed Dmitry Orlov. They brought back Tony D'Angelo. And their only loss was Shane Gossespierre, who a lot of people speculated was going to leave after the season, and rightfully so he did. Uh, their team, their core is really strong. If they can stay healthy, which they weren't able to stay healthy last year in a lot of departments, uh, we could see them being a you know 115-point team, maybe even 120-point team uh, as the season gets into the spring. So, yeah, for the Metro, that's my winner. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has a different team, maybe New Jersey, I whatever. Went different. I went different. I have the Devils taking first place in the Metro. I mean, okay. the acquisition of Tyler Toffoli is huge. You know, they get rid of some guys, but I feel like that those top three lines, I just don't think, I think they're probably the most skilled team in the NHL. It's a big question with goalie. If they're going to go with Vanacek, are they going to go with the Kira Schmidt? I think if they do mm. it like Carolina, how they do it with Anderson and Ranta, I still think that they'll be okay. I just think that this team takes the extra step and they go for it. They, they, the, the first two rounds will run through Newark, New Jersey, which is disgusting to say, but I, I, that's just what I think. Yeah. And then Tim, I want to kind of ask you a little bit, cause I know you're an Islander fan and I know that, you know, the expectation for this season is very, very similar to how it was last year because the team is very similar, but just kind of looking at the Devils roster, um, you know, to go into the offseason and do the things that they did where it was re-signing Meyer, re-signing Brat, and now all of a sudden Tom Fitzgerald puts them in a position to be buyers in pretty much every facet of the season, whether it's the offseason, trade deadline, whatever. It's kind of scary as a Ranger fan. And I think a lot of people are starting to paint this picture of, oh, Rangers, Devils for the next three, four, five years. But Tim, I mean... Where do you stand with the Islanders now? How do you feel about this team? Do you think that they can be a cup contender this year? Do you think that the window is small? Do you think that it's big? I'd I love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I, here's my thing. Is, is They're getting older, and they don't really like to go out and get young players, so the window's obviously closing a little bit. But with that being said, I, I look at this team right now as not, they're never going to be a favorite. They're going to be a, a gritty team, but they're a team that once they're in, they're really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it last year, that Carolina series. I know they warmed down a little bit. It went to six games, but you know, they were banged up. Barzal's first game back was that playoff series. Obviously it's tough to get any momentum build up, especially when you get a new, new guy in his line. So, you know, the cards didn't align in that situation, but it, when you play, you know, when you look before that, before the Barzal, Barzal injury, the power play was at 33%. The penalty kill was up to what? Almost 90 at that, at that point, you know, they were scoring a lot more efficiently. There was a lot more offense. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that this year. I think, you know, with, Horvat and Barzal kind of playing together now for an offseason. They get to work together a little bit. I know they're trying to look for a winger on that line. I don't know if it's going to be Holmstrom or Wallstrom, but we'll figure that out. They just they just need a shooter. Those two will create. I think I really do think they're going to have a good year. I think they're going to be a tough team to beat, and I think I think Sorokin's going to have a Vesna caliber season. So I, I think they're I think I think they're going to be really hard to get out once yeah. they're in. That's a perfectly like way to put it. I think that the Anders really need to play to their strengths, and that's really on the back end. Uh, I don't think we saw the full like potential of Pelic and Pulak last year. I think that they really mm-hmm. kind of struggled out of the gate. Um, you know, kind of a little bit of a side effect of, you know, last season and the postseason. And if they could stay healthy and if they could actually get contributions from their lineup, which they haven't gotten in the past, they can be a threat um, for even maybe even third place in the Metro wildcard team, whatever. I think a lot of people are, you know, split with the Islanders uh, just because they're almost considered a bubble team. But I could see them definitely having a couple of six, seven game win streaks, getting hot, having some home stands because playing in UBS is tough. Um, you see it in yeah, the Rangers. Bro, it's the, uh, loud. It's really game. loud. It's 
Yeah, Nick, it's tough. They've, they've kind of brought the barn uh, into UBS, which is great. Um, but to stop talking about the Islanders and to stop gassing up Tim, <laughs> Stan, Matt, um, and my fellow Ranger fans, uh, I guess, where do we stand? Like, I, I think that there's, you know, there is a real shot that the Rangers are going to look the same way that they did last year, where there's not a lot of care about the regular season early on. Um, they're going to be very playoff oriented to start the season. And then once they're like, okay, we need to win games, they're going to start winning games. I could, you know, I could say till I'm blue in the face that I could see them being second place, having home ice advantage against either Carolina or New Jersey, whoever it may be. But I'd love to hear your guys' take. I think that they made some great moves in the offseason. We saw Eric Gustafson play really, really well in the uh, preseason, too. That's another promising thing. But I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about, you know, where the Rangers are going to be and uh, what the expectation is for the season. I'll let the guy that actually uh, gets paid to cover the team do uh, go first. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's good. All right, so I'll give you guys my division. It's the same as Zaretsky, Carolina, New Jersey, New York. Um, no hate, Tim, though. Uh, I'm, I'll talk about the Islanders when we get there. Um, I think everything everyone said is dead on. I think with the Rangers specifically, Blake Wheeler, like first two preseason games, be honest, like I wasn't impressed. And I thought his training camp, like the skating day, he was with Trocek, Kako, um, I believe Phil Heedle in the second group. So there was three groups, group A, B, C, and he was part of B. And he looked like he was, he has the stride, but like he looked like he was well conditioned. That impressed me for 37 years old. Mm. Uh, I think he picked up his play and I think that impressed me. I think Gustafson, he does that little head fake move at the blue line. Um, He's great with zone exits. yeah, he's impressed me. I think, Jake, like you said, I, I think those bargain bin moves, I mean, and I think for everyone here can agree, like, that's probably what's going to work better for them. Where I'll disagree is I think just or what I will say is from the mentality, like, Vincent Trocek um, had no problem, like, really laying down the law. Um, you know, even Wheeler mentioned it too. Lavi, he's really open with a lot, like, compared to Gallant. My boy, Sam Rosen, he was like, you know, I like the line, but, you know, it's it's the business. I get the sense that they, they were not concerned with, as Jake mentioned, they weren't really concerned with a lot coming into the season, coming off of that conference final run. And I think this year, the point of everything is there's going to be an adjustment to the system, but it's more about we got to play playoff hockey now and we have to compete now because we'll be better off when the playoffs comes. And I do think what happened was they folded to New Jersey in games three, five, and seven because they weren't really built to work all year. Like it was like, we'll get there and then we'll get there. And I think something like Vincent Trocek and no problem. It was like Dan Rose, like in the, you know, talking to him, he was like, um, he said to Dan Rosen, he was like, this year's a no BS mentality. And like, you can curse, say it. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think that's just something that obviously with the Rangers, you know, I don't think they're going to be a team that storms and takes over the Metro, but I think that's exactly where you like them. Look a decade ago, AV comes in, it's his first year. They go one and five in the preseason. They're not really good until the stadium series games. They turn it around, but they're still 
third in the division, and then they go to the cup final. You have the goaltender, you have the defenseman like you did in Lundqvist, McDonough, at that point, aging you're already installed, but you also had the forwards. You had the pickup in St. Louis. You had the depth guys like a Brian Boyle. You have the ingredients that are very similar. I won't say it's the same, and I think that's where I have faith in the team this year. And I think, obviously, Carolina's a wagon, and I think New Jersey's only going to get better. Like, I looked up the other day, Jesper Bratt, 25, Timo Meyer's young, Jack Hughes is our age. So they also have that top six. It's dangerous and young. So. And they're fast. They are yeah. real fast. Terrible. Actually yeah. terrible. I remember so the days. I take on the Metro. Yeah, I remember the days, junior, senior year of high school, just being like, you know, so joyous with my fellow Ranger and Islander fans. Like my two best friends back home are both like diehard Islanders fans, and we would be frolicking through the hallways because the Devils just sucked. Like it was, yeah. it was great. Everything was so good like four years ago, and then they get and some draft all, lottery luck. Yeah, all of a sudden now they have a ton of fans who just weren't there before. Oh but yeah, I, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, well, I gotta say, with the Rangers though, too, I love the vet. I love. Basically everything with Matt said. I like the Blake Wheeler pickup. I know he looked pretty slow in those two preseason games, but I think that he'll be, once he gets matched up with the right line, I think that he'll thrive. Uh, mm-hmm. Gustafson, I love. I yeah, love Eric awesome. Gustafson. I think he's probably going to be the X factor of this team. It mm-hmm. all. De- I know we, we've been saying it for the last like three years, but it all depends on the play of the kids, I think. Yeah, Lafreniere, it's, it's, their, it's, it, it's, it's their time to step up. <laughs> yeah, because Lafreniere, yeah. Lafreniere, I think, is on like a short. I would assume that he's on a short leash because if someone's looking for a trade target, if we're looking for someone at the deadline, he might be the one that gets shit. Yeah, I, again, I, you're I, absolutely right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I was saying on uh, my pod the other day, like if I think that it's it's a two year contract, it's a one year contract, and the second year is just really if if he doesn't perform. I think something you know that is I, I think's changed the perspective on fans, and I know the preseason doesn't matter. And some fans, like when I say this, we we all know where we're coming from with how much stock you put in it. But part of the stock is to see how players developed in the off season. Have they yeah. changed their habits? Have they changed? And I think something that has disappointed is uh, the play of Lafreniere. Like, Kako is poised for, I think, 50 points. Like, out of the two, I have more faith in where Kako stands. He's going to be playing sometime with Mika Kreider. Like, might see power play two time. It seems like Laviolette's going to try and work a little more of a power play two than just having that one power play, which is strong. But I understand the purpose of why he would do that. I think Kako's more poised. I think like you guys are saying, though, like Lafreniere, I think that they're going to look at a trade target. They're going to look at Steven Stamkos. They're going to look at Matt Zuccarello, and I think he's going to be a piece in that. Elias Patterson. Elias Patterson. Oh. I don't know if they can take the contract. I know. I know. Wait till he gets to the Western Conference. Yeah, oh, Stan. Let's, Stan. I'm gonna. I want you to uh, start us off with the Atlantic Division here. I think. Uh, okay. I think that the the Eastern Conference is like my, the biggest anomaly. I, I think both are. Like the NHL is so. I think you know. I and I just this year touch on this really though. fast. The NHL has maybe three bottom feeders. Maybe three. Yeah. Like, it's like San Jose. Like, yeah. Montreal and Chicago. Like yeah, there's and no like Chicago horrible team. Anaheim. I think exactly. Anaheim's in there. Yeah. I the think they yeah, were the worst hockey team I've ever watched last year. I think their plus minus was at like minus one twelve. They were horrendous yeah. defensively. Ev- pretty much every other team in the NHL has at least a chance at the playoffs. Mm-hmm. At least I agree, Jay. Mm-hmm. 
I think oh, something no. that the league has tried for years is the build through the draft, right? They've hyped up the draft since probably like the Crosby time, but like really the last five years pushing it, advertising. Yep. The way they market it, right, is like the only way to get talents through the draft. And they're trying to do that so it competes with the NFL NBA draft, right? With American yeah. sports. Smart strategy on the NHL's end. And on top of that, Jake, like you're saying, they're pushing, you know, this the parody. And it's coming to the point where the parody is taking over because you look at every team and you're like, wow, they those that team has studs. What it really comes down to is the depth. And I think that's gonna be important when we talk about the rest of the divisions, especially the Atlantic. Yeah, let's let's hear it, Stan. So top three for the Atlantic. Number one, your president's trophy winner, Toronto Maple Leafs. Number okay. two, I got that. Florida. Yep. Number two, I got Florida. And number okay. three, I have the Buffalo Sabres. Oh wow. baby. Okay. Buffalo. Wow. I'm gonna be saying this a lot. Buffalo and a bunch of other teams that I will name later are going to be fun to watch. Buffalo is going to be insanely fun to watch. Darlene. Yep. Devin Levi, Tage Thompson, the list goes on. I think <laughs> this team, this team is. I think that this this is going to be like the first time that the hockey world's really going to be like the casual hockey world, as I like to call it, where they're going to be exposed to Buffalo Sabers hockey, and I'm very excited to watch them. For Toronto, you know they upgraded with a lot of veterans. You know Tyler Bertuzzi, they get Ryan mm. Reeves, Max Domi. Your only hope, really for this season is well, not only to, you know, win a Stanley cup, obviously, but you hope that that William Nylander gets extended because if Mm -hmm. he gets traded at the deadline, I mean, he's not going to go for nothing and you can definitely get something out of him. But I feel like that loss is just huge for a team that's looking to win a Stanley cup this year. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta find a way to, if, if Nylander goes in, uh, early March or whatever the deadline is. I think it's February or something like that. If he goes around that time, you're going to need somebody to get 15, maybe 12 goals in that late stretch and then obviously produce in the playoffs. Um, Toronto is my my pick for the Atlantic as well. I just think that they're built right now. I think they have a really good team. They added some really good guys. They lost Michael Bunting, um, you know, young, promising forward, Alex Kerfoot as well, Ryan O'Reilly. Um, but like you said, Tyler Bertuzzi, um, just like a really, he's, he's just essentially like a really big piece of glue where you could put him anywhere and he's just going to make the other two players good. Um, and so he's, he's almost like a Swiss army knife. He could be physical. He could score a uh, really good acquisition for them. Uh, Max Domi as well. Very gritty scoring forward. I think it's great, but to save my own, uh, rear end here, I have two different picks for the second and third place spot for the Atlantic. Okay. Uh, I have the Boston Bruins in second place, despite okay. losing okay. Patrice Bergeron, Tyler Bertuzzi, Nick Foligno, Taylor Hall, David Krejci, Connor Clifton, Dimitrov. I mean, those are all players <laughs> that you could on. put either. In, yeah. Those, and those are just their key losses. Um, those are players that you could put either in your top four on D or your top six on offense. Like, there's no doubt yeah. about it. Um, they bring Milan Lucic back. They get Kevin, Kevin Shattenkirk to play their bottom four. And then they get James Van Rieszak, too. So... Boston is a team that has arguably the best goalie duo in the NHL. They still have Charlie McAvoy. They have Hampus Lindholm, who is looking like a Norris candidate for about half the season. Um, and they still have scoring on offense. I don't know how Pavel Zak is going to play as a first-line center. We could <laughs> see him have 30 goals. We could also see him have uh, 20. So you never know how that's going to go. But I 
I'm just going to save my rear end here and say that the Bruins are second. They could be third. They, it's interchangeable in between the third team that I have, which is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I, I mean, they're wow, just so skilled. Okay. They, oh, yeah. The only reason, and you know what's so funny is that the only reason I don't have them higher is because I, he's out early. Is that the same reason? Yeah, and that, that's, that's the only thing. But Tampa is so skilled that they can get through it. Um, they signed Connor Sheary. They signed now Ranger killer Tyler Mott. You know for a fact that the second day they play the Rangers, he's going to have a goal. He's going to have an assist. And he's not just going to have like a okay. Rangers are up 3 nothing, and he scores a goal in the third period with 11 minutes no. left. He's going to have a game-winning goal with two minutes left in the third period in a 1-1 game. Yeah. So they get uh, Luke Lindenning, very solid defenseman, and they lose a couple big guys. Uh, Ross Colton, just solid bottom six forward. They lose Alex Kalorn, longtime Tampa Bay Lightning member. He went to Anaheim. Um, Corey Perry, just stingy. Patrick Mooner as well. But they still have elite talent. They still have Steven Stamkos, who is definitely going to stay with the Lightning. I know he's a trade candidate, but they're going to make it work. It's the Lightning. John Cooper. Um, you got great guys in the front office there. I see Stamco staying there for at least another three or four years. Nikita Kucherov, arguably best winger in the NHL. Victor Hedman's going to be, he's going to have to be a North right, candidate. Joe, the who's on the lineup, bro. <laughs> I'm talking, I mean, what do you want me to do? Tampa's good. They're, They're good. good. No, I agree with you. They're a good, good team. Like... I agree with you. I... I don't, I'm, I'm with you. I have the Leafs one. I actually, I have Tampa two and the Panthers three. I don't have the Bruins or the Sabres okay. making the playoffs. I wrestled with it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but t- I, I'm with you at Tampa. I think Nick Paul's going to have a huge year. I think Braden Point's going to have a huge jump in numbers, probably like a 100-point season. He's way underrated in his two-way game. So this good. team's loaded through and through. They've done it before. They're going to continue to do it. And with the Panthers, I, I think people who have them at like a one or two seed, recency bias is kicking in. This team, as I know they did make it to the Cup, but you got to think they were a wild-card team sneaking in. They weren't great in the regular season yeah, last I mean, year. They, they were a hurt bit. all year. I don't care. Get in the hell. I'm telling you. Other teams get better and better That's and better. The trophy. I'm with Dan here. It's two on two here. Yeah, I'm going to go. They won the President's Trophy two years ago. They won ago. the President's Trophy by miles two years ago. Lose to Tampa. Then the next year, they go to the Stanley Cup. They had two different star players that that year. Bar- they lost Huberto. They replaced Huberto with Kachuk. I understand it's, different. it's a different Still. aspect of the game. But that, that team was Matt built to just win in the regular season. Better. He's so yeah, much. as a two-way player, Florida he's great. He's better. great in the Florida postseason. But I know. Okay, but I, I, I almost have Florida traded. out of the playoffs. I'm with I you, Jake. I, I don't see. Division. I don't see the hype on them. I have Florida second division. I'll, I'll just I'll just go off and say it. I mean, I know that they they keep that young core. I know they traded Anthony Duclair, but they bring in a much needed veteran presence. Brandon, uh, not Brandon Montour, Evan Rodriguez, Oliver Eggman Larson's huge, huge for that team. The players oh, Sergey Bobrovsky. Years. <laughs> okay, shut the fuck up, Tim. Sergey Bob Bobrovsky's hopefully going to have a big year. If this team, it might be a slow start. Um, I know we were talking about injuries. I know it might be a slow start because Montour and Ekblad are hurt. But and Bob, I do not... Bob didn't even have the starting job to finish the year. I mean, he wasn't good in the regular season either. He just picked it up in the playoffs. Okay, that's all you need. He's that type of player. That's all you need. Exactly. But, I, that's what, but then why do you have them they, so high in the playoffs going, if he's not going to perform in the regular season? He had like an 890 save percentage team. last year. It's a good team. It's a good team. They're not gonna, it's not going to take all 82 games for them to make the playoffs. That's, that's okay. my point. It, it's not okay. going to be an uphill battle for them. Fair. God, did not think we'd yeah. be fighting over Florida Panther hockey. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was glazing Tampa. I'm sorry. I, I, I gotta, I'm with I you. Gotta I'll glaze Tampa. I, I, I think Tampa's elite, so I will glaze them with you gladly. All right. <laughs> No, so sorry, uh, you know what? I think <laughs> even though I got my ranking here is Toronto, Tampa, Florida, I'll say 
I'm not impressed by Tampa at all. I'm not either. You mentioned stars, cup cup wins, yes. Every team in the NHL is talent, Jake. You mentioned Kucherov, best winger. Name a team, they got a winger. It's a winger league. It's just like the NFL with receiving now. Yeah, the Raiders, my Raiders on Monday Night Football <laughs> have Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. You know what? They don't have anything else. They don't have a safety. They don't have a lineman. The Tampa Bay Lightning's replacement for Ross Colton is Mikey Isomont. So, hey, he's good. Hey. He's a guy, good analytics. But you know what, Jake? There's so much talent in the NHL. There's so many grinders. Johnny Bodzinski just fell through waivers. You can have players like that, yes. I just don't think you win this. Listen, we're not even talking about Stanley Cup right now, but Toronto did the right thing. I think they're poised to take that step, like you mentioned, with Willie Niedan. I think Willie Niedan is going to be key because I think he's their best postseason performer, which pains me to say Willie Greedlander. I was so against the fact that he sat out half the season for money. Wanted yeah. two million more than he got, then settled for what they originally gave him. That was a joke. Anyway, I don't know where the hatred's coming out of Florida. We're gonna go right back to that. Yeah, I'm going to Florida. And let me let me lie. speak my piece and we can discourse. Bobrovsky, he, I know he ebbs and flows. Bobrovsky will have two seasons where he doesn't play well, then he has two seasons where he's the best goalie in the NHL. John Quick, Henrik Lundqvist, Carey Price. Don't have two Vesnas in their res- repertoire. You know who has that on their resume? Sergei Bobrovsky. He's a player when he's hot, he is the best goal in the league. It was the same as Ben Bishop in his days in Tampa. I will Ooh, say, I do I think I think Florida's ceiling is second in the division? I think their floor is the last wild card. But I do think that they had things that went on last season during the regular season that did hinder them. They won a president's trophy. The Washington Capitals. From 2016 to 2019 were so good, so good, and they won a President's Trophy. And in that time frame, won a Stanley Cup. So I do think that when you look at teams that are top in the division, sometimes that's what it comes down to. And we can't talk about the Islanders and the Rangers doing well with their their specific situations and not give credit to the fact with the same narratives that the Florida Panthers could succeed too. We talked about the Rangers with offseason acquisitions. Well, they didn't go out and get a stud, but they do have Panarin, right? A player like that, or a player like Zibanejad, or for the Islanders, a player like Horvat, a player like Barzal. Well, you can't say that, like, oh, but Matt Kachuk's just a different type of player. Like, they don't have Huberto anymore, but they do have Sasha Barkov. He went crazy. I mean, the in-between-the-legs goal, that was crazy. They, they march to the cup final. They lose to Vegas. Like, that whole thing happens. You're moving into another season. Now you get a full season of Brandon Montour. Right? They were really banged up at the end of last year. You got healthy players. And I think Matt Kachuk, his game is going to take over. Like That brand of hockey is what's going to wear on the other teams in the division. They don't need to be second or third in the division. Let Toronto win the division. But they took Toronto in five games easy last year. And that's why Toronto had to make adjustments. So I do think their brand is what I think sells me on Florida. Right. I hate to burst your bubble, Matt, about you with the healthiness about Florida, but Montour and Ekblad are both not playing the season opener, both recovering from off-season surgery. But they yeah, got to get healthy. I said it was going to be close. Yeah, when, you t- when you're talking about it's, it's November, then it's like, you know, game time. I know they had, they had surgeries. I think Montour had like two shoulder surgery, like a double so- shoulder surgery. Listen, you give that time, 
and they'll be back. I also think the coaching has to do with that too, with Paul Maurice, but Fair. we can move on. Okay. Uh, to our wild card teams in the East. Uh, I'll start with mine. I'm shocked that the Pittsburgh Penguins have not been brought up yet. I have them taking the first wild card spot. They get Eric Carlson. They bring in Kyle Dubas. He makes a questionable decision signing Tristan Jari to that big deal. Mm. I think I think that Pittsburgh does make the playoffs, but definitely, you know, the age of Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin are definitely going to be a question. My second wild card team is going to be Boston. I have them in the second wild card, which means I have the Islanders and the Lightning not making the playoffs. I was going to say that means the Lightning are out of your picture. Yes. I just look and I, Ottawa. I, if you look I don't at, buy that. <laughs> I, I yeah. I look. I mean, if we're talking odd team out for me, it's it's Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Um, okay. So I mean, if we if we have my top three, considering Toronto, Boston, Tampa, <laughs> and then Carolina, New Jersey, NYR in the top six for the East, I have Buffalo, which Stan, I agree. I think that this is their first playoff appearance in the last thirteen years. Um, they have so much top end talent, so much talent on the back end. Devon Levy, Levi, whatever you want to call it, uh, Gene Company, anything you want. Um, he's a stud. He's going to play really well. He could definitely take them into the playoffs. Don't know how he's going to be in the uh, playoffs, but I could see a Jake Ottinger type performance. I have them in the second wild card, followed up by <laughs> Florida in the first wild card. Um, okay. I just, I, I see Buffalo really taking that next step. I, I see Darlene being a Norris candidate, top three this season after signing that extension. He could easily have 65, 70 points this year. So he's going to be huge on the back end for them. They got a ton of other great guys on that back end, Matias Samuelson. And then the forward core, as we all know, um, just so, so studded up front. Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Dylan Cousins. I mean, you name it. They're young. They're fast. They're really exciting. So that's my East wildcard. It's going to be fun. And the East is tight. Like, it's going to be probably within five, six, seven points between Pittsburgh, New York, Ottawa. Um, yeah, Ottawa. You know, about the that. Capitals might be in there, too. Detroit might be in there. It's going to be tight. It's going to be really, really tight. Um. It's going to be super interchangeable in the wild card. I'd love to hear what Tim and Matt have to say. Also, come on, let you, yeah, let you go for it, man. Uh, all right, I um, my two wild card teams are actually going to be the Rangers and the Sabers. Um, Ew. I, I I'm an Isles guy, so obviously I'm going to take them over the Rangers in that third spot. I think the Canes and Devils have that one two locked up. Uh, this might just be a personal thing for me. Obviously, the Rangers have showed out in the regular season more. But I think I think the Isles somehow scrape a little bit a little bit past them. Um, on, on the Sabers side, yeah, I have the Sabers over the Bruins. I think this is the time for them to step up. You know, you just signed Darlene today to that eight year extension, eleven mil. That's a Norris candidate for me. That's getting locked up. Uh, I think Owen Power takes a big step. I think JJ Paterka has a big year. Devin Levi is going to fill that goalie role for them. I think this is a team that you know I would like to see their two way game improve a little bit more. They for me they're a little, you know they play fast, but that all you know their back checks a little weak at some points from what I've seen. Um, so I, I I think they take that step, and I, I think they they finally break that barrier and get in. Matt, your top th- or your oh, your wild card, my bad. Yeah, wild card. So there's no sense in chucking up what we just did the whole first go around of me having the same exact answers. I think <laughs> Buffalo. All right, we know that. Um, all they needed was goaltending. Like I don't think they need. I don't think they need a bigger year out of specific players. I just think they needed the goalie. And you saw at the end of the year how 
friggin' of course against the Rangers. Like Levi put up, he wins one game in a shootout, and the other game he takes us with 40 saves, and it takes overtime to beat them. I don't think they need a a better year per se. I just think they needed a goalie. Now, New York Islanders, like you, Tim said before, their brand, their style, I was convinced when they won that one game against Carolina. Like, if they can get in, like, with that style, they can just grind teams out to the very bitter end. It's going to be how they produce on the offensive side. So we'll see how that goes. Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh has potential to, like, take the division if they, it, like, their ceiling's up here and their floor is down here. Like, they could either really bottom out or they could be the best team in the Metro. And I, I really, really mean that when I say it um, with Eric Carlson. I think, like, that between the power play, and you can't go wrong with the, their, um, their core, it's Ottawa for me. And I know, okay, I know. I don't blame you. I don't Listen, blame you got you. Jonas Corposalo. They might not, they don't have the goaltending. Like we just mentioned with Buffalo, but Timmy Stowe, like Brady Kachuk, their defense is loaded now. Sanderson, they got Vlad and Giroux. You have veteran presence in the top six and they can still score. Vlad was great for the Rangers. I wouldn't say the best. Right, obviously the best would be a cup yeah. ring, but he was great. Like he was physical. He got into the mix of the play. He could set up line mates. He was a scorer. They bring him in. They might not have the goalkeeping, but the back end convinces me. The rear guards in Chikrin, Sanderson, like Shabbat. You got Shabbat healthy. I think Ottawa of all teams, Buffalo to me isn't a surprise if you've been following. For a few years, like you said, Dan, like the casuals yeah. may not pick up on that. But if you've been following, you know, like they're pretty much poised for a playoff year. I think the team that could take that last spot, like just get in is Ottawa. And I think for the longest time, a lot of people thought it was going to be Detroit. But I think they've excelled further. OK, yeah, you're right. So we're going to go to the West now. Wow. Wow. So the wild, wild west. Oh yeah, we're gonna start with the central. I'm, I'm gonna start with mine. I think I really, I think I like this top three. Number one in the central. Give me the Dallas Stars. Okay. Okay. Number two, okay. I got, I got the Avalanche. Number three, this may come as a surprise. Give me the Nashville Predators. Wow. Interesting pick. Okay, I, I, let's. I need you to elaborate. I'm sure there's some UC Soros, Roman Yossi propaganda yes. that you're gonna spew on me, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, listen. I also, they got Ryan O'Reilly too. I mean, Barry okay. Trotz did an amazing job. You know, they bring in, as I mentioned before, Ryan O'Reilly. They bring in Gustav Nyquist, already has, which already gives you a deep, deep forward depth led by Philip Forsberg. Roman Yossi is a top Norris candidate. UC Soros is a key, uh, is a is a top Bezna candidate. The thing that got me to put Nashville in the top three, Andrew Brunette. I think yeah. that was a home run hire for, for Barry Trotz in the Nashville Predators. And that's what's going to take him to that top three. I, I love that you bring that up too because coaching is big. I mean, we saw it with the Devils too and Lindy Ruff. I, I don't know how much of an impact he had on that locker room, but clearly biggest improvement in NHL history, 49 points. So coaching obviously makes a huge difference. Um, I the central is an anomaly. I like Nashville. I think I you know I've been a fan of Nashville. I like what they got going on there. I I visited Nashville in 2017, so I kind of still have that uh you know 
I guess if you want to call it visitor bias for me going over there. Yeah. Um, But the central, I don't know. The central I feel like is Colorado's division to lose Joe Sackick, Mm -hmm. that, that mad man, he did it again. Uh, If you look at Valerie, Valerie Nichushkin and what he did prior to signing with the avalanche, you know, top 10 draft pick, you know, guy who looked like his career was going in the dumps and he comes to Colorado, has a career year and he becomes a bona fide top six player. And if you look at their signings, you look at Ross Colton, you look at Jonathan Druin, you look at Ryan Johansson, and even Miles Wood. I mean, all of those players could could have career years next year with Colorado. Um, they lost a, a bunch of, you know, core guys. I'm not, not necessarily core guys, but guys that kind of filled their roster. Uh, to be specific, Evan Rodriguez was a big one. Uh, JT yeah. Comfort, you know, a guy who was great for them. Dennis Morgan, Alex Newhook, just to name a few. Um but this is Colorado's division to lose. If they stay healthy, Mika Rantanen has, plays a full year, which I can't see him playing 82 games. But even if he plays 80, 75 games, uh, that would be massive for them. Um, I just think Colorado That's the thing, though. To lose. That's the thing that, get, that, put me, that made me put Dallas above Colorado if they stay healthy. You praying on injuries? I, I'm not praying on injuries. <laughs> Sounds I'm just like saying. A <laughs> little I'm bit. Just saying, like, you know, I, I know they're, I think Landis Gog's out for the year, too. If I'm not mistaken, right? Is he? Is he like? I think that it might have come out, right? He's not going to play for the whole season. Let's do like a quick, uh, quick little <laughs> search here. Avalanche star will miss 2023. No, that was last year. He missed the season. Yeah. No, again, yeah. Gabriel Landeskog missed the entire 2023-24 season, undergoing okay. surgery. Um, I know. So yeah, uh, who was the who was the guy that had the issue with the cops? Oh, that was Nichushkin, but I think he's oh, that was no, Gal- that was yeah, Galchenyuk. He, no. Oh, oh, that was Galchenyuk too. Yeah, Galchenyuk's gone. He's overseas now. Like, he's gone. I thought he's just overseas. Like posted okay. with a gun and did something. I don't know, but oh, nothing crazy there. Um, but I do like the he's Dallas pick. I, I think that they are uh, one of the most well-rounded teams in the Western Conference. That it's they added Matt Duchesne, which is massive. Yes. They added yes. Craig yeah. Smith, which is massive. They had Sam Sam Steele, which is great for their bottom six. Uh, and they only lost Max Domi and Luke Glendening. So. You look at what they already had outside of the signing of those guys. Uh, Miro Heiskanen, Tyler Sagan is still there. Jamie Ben, Jason Robertson, Ryan Johnson. Uh, you know they're super well rounded. Jake Ottinger too, and that Vesna candidate. So to see them winning the Central wouldn't be a surprise. To see Colorado not winning the Central is more of a surprise than to see Dallas winning the Central. If that makes sense. Dallas well, I only think... missed. Dallas only missed the Central by one point. They did. You're right. They did. I think I think what happened with Colorado last year is why the NHL playoff landscape shifted. And I think it might be different this year, but I think it's something we keep our eye on. And that's why a team like Florida, like we brought up a few teams that are in the mix, and it's so important now to keep your eye on the wild card because they lose to Seattle in game seven. No one expected that. Everyone was like, Colorado back to back, like here we go. And they lose in game seven. It's a stunner. And then Florida defeats Toronto, defeats Tampa. Well, t- Tampa loses to Toronto. All of a sudden, the entire Atlantic shifts. Boston loses. Yep. It's like no one expected that. So I think, again, supporting the abs number one, I think, like you said, their division will lose. But I also think, in my mind, the reason I don't love predictions is because like, I fully see why Dallas could also just flat out win the division and take it over uh, Dallas. And then I think the third team in the centrals where the focus really is of like who takes that because we have a Predators pick. I don't know who um, what Tim and Jake's picks are. I want to know in, in a moment. Just 
I got the wild. And the reason is just kind of the recency. Yeah. I think it's just the recency bias, right? Like I'm not convinced with Nashville. I haven't heard great things. And I think from my view, I respect Dan's pick though. I love a bold pick. I love a bold pick, but I think you want to hear a bold pick. Wait till we get to the wild card. (laughs) Um, I think, I just think Nashville is the team that's more heading towards a rebuild than a team that's heading into like, all of a sudden we're going to compete now. Um, I think with the wild, it it really comes down to like, you have your talented guys. And I think what's going to happen is if the wheels fall off this season is where they're going to start to try and pick and build because you still have younger guys. So like you could kind of do a build on the fly with Caprizov and Boldy. Um, So yeah, obviously the last number two, but the wild card is more important to the West to me because I feel like the Central and Pacific are like pretty much there's like four teams in each that are there. And then obviously today, friggin' the Jets signed Hellebuck and Shifley like 20 minutes ago to the twin contracts. So. I was hoping I was hoping nobody would say anything about the Winnipeg Jets so that I could put them as my number three team in the Central Division. Because... Not only did they just sign two identical contracts this afternoon to their two best players in the NHL, uh, not, not the NHL, to the two best the players in their team, <laughs> but they arguably had one of the best trades of the offseason, getting rid of Pierre-Luc Dubois, and in comes Alex Ayafalo, Rasmus Kapari, and Gabe Villardi. So now yeah. you look at their roster, they already have Kyle Connor, they already have Nikolai Ehlers, who we all can price stays healthy, they have... One of the best seasons in Josh Morrissey last year, having a Norris-type season. They get Hellebuck, obviously back again for re-signing for the next, however, I think it was, what, eight years? Crazy, crazy term. Um, They're just, they're well-rounded. I love what they have on defense. I love what they have on offense. And I don't see any other team, like, yes, Minnesota, they're honestly a really good team to compete for the second or third spot in that division. They have Caprizov, they have Zuccarello. Um, they also lose Matt Dumba. Um, they, you know, lose a couple guys in the offseason that make you question what's going to happen in terms of filling it in. They're going to get Brock Faber, who played at Minnesota last year, uh, had a couple Dog. games, I believe, for the Wild as well. Yeah, great player. Um, they also have a really good goalie tandem in Minnesota as well with Gustafson and Flurry. Um, but I don't know. I just, I'm high on Winnipeg. Uh, they only lose Blake Wheeler, Dubois, Dave Riddick, three guys who, you know, had an impact, but were just okay last year. So I see a little bit of a faster team in Winnipeg. I see a lot of goals in Winnipeg, and I also see them locking down the back end. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're a 98-97 point team this year. I like the Jets to make the playoffs, bring the whiteout back. It's it's going to be a good season for them, uh, I think. I had Winnipeg money line games. that game. Yeah. Oh, I would have Riddick go? Can anybody pull that out right now? Does anybody have a Dave Riddick landing spot or is he still in free agency land? I think he landed somewhere. I don't know though. Um not I, I sure. Yeah. Tim, what about three spies? Yeah. You said you I'm, said you had the wild too, right? I'm a wild yeah, I'm a wild guy. I think I, I look at this team, I love their top six. I think Joel Eriksenek is a very underrated two way player. I think he's gonna be up for the Selkie this year. He's one of those two way yep. uh centermen that just unbelievable with his stick defensively. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov does it for me. He's going to have a huge year. This guy's a stud. I love the way he plays. His edge work's unbelievable. It's just, it's really pretty to watch. And the connection that him and Zuccarello have is is unbelievable. I mean, the way they work, especially in 3-3 three and three overtime and the power play in you know, small areas. Marco Rossi, for me, is the question mark on that third line. Is he really going to step up and have a good year? 
I, I think he will. I, I like who he's playing with. He's projected to be with uh, Frederick Cordero and Marcus Foligno. I, I, I believe. I think that's who they have him with. I think that line can be impactful for them. That might be what you know puts them in that third spot, but I'm high on this team. I like what I see, and, and I've been back in the Minnesota Wild for a while. I think this is a year where they can maybe make some noise. Finally win a series. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time. I don't know if I go that far. I don't know if I go that far. Here's my thing with the Wild, and Matt mentioned before how like every team has a, an elite winger. Like, you know... They have Kirill Kaprizov. They have, uh, what's his name, their goalie, Philip Gustafson, at a possible Vesna candidate. Other than that, like, I know you mentioned Joel Erickson Eck. Matthew like, Boldy's a stud. He's only he's I young. Like, he's only getting better. Like I've seen progression from through every game. What, what I feel do you, like what they're kind of just there. Like, I feel like they're just kind of just there. They're, like, middle of the pack. They're, like, nothing really, like... They don't really I feel like wow that's a you. stigma they've had around them for way too long. I feel like people see the Minnesota Wild, they that's don't fair. see them as a threat. They they add they add some more sandpaper. Pat Maroon's on this team now. They get a guy that's, you know, notorious for winning. He, you know, winning right, seems to follow like, him. And but like Jake said, Brock Faber was a stud last yeah, year in Minnesota. And this is but Brock I, all right, but Brock Faber's a guy that can come in and kind of replace what Matt Dumba did. He moves the puck really well, he sees the ice really well, and and they're back in some people might have a problem with, but I like Golagoski and Middleton as a second pair. I, I I like this team. I I like I this wild team. I like them a little bit more than the Winnipeg Jets. I don't. I can't get behind that pick entirely, Jake. Because I I don't. Because from what I saw I from them last, them, I understand I they got a different team. Yeah, yeah, I you know I, I didn't. The, the Jets. I, I'm with Tim here. I I and it's not about. There's a million people's opinions in this world. I just think. I respect again a bold opinion. So I like to hear someone say the Jets. You know, it's pretty cool to you know hear the reasoning behind it, but. For how good Gabe Velarde is, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is a better player. And I know he's one, and now they ha- they've they turned that into three players. But if like he wasn't impactful with Shifley, and at the time Wheeler, and at the time Connor, I don't know. I just feel like their depth is not there to compete, not only just to get there, but it's like, but all right, do so anything. They lost I, the Vegas, I, I, I know they won the cup, I, but they got kind of smoked. Yeah, I guess it, yeah. it was in five. I don't. Right? I, think don't about, I mean, I you just, think about the, the the Ranger game to finish the year last year. It took fifty saves from Hellebuck to even give them a fighting chance. I, I don't. I don't I think guess. he could do that every game. I, I just. I don't see it from them. I don't also, know. I haven't seen I it from them in a while. Contract extensions go. I've always found if a free agent like what Steven Stamkos just said, if it's already starting now, it's n- not a good sign. And I know they signed the contract, but I want to know. Yeah by March and the trade deadline where those guys end up. I really do. Cause I don't know. Hellebuck with his talents and teams that need goaltending, I would not be shocked if we see some big movement there. Okay. All I right. See it. I mean, that's bold, but Ready? I could see it. We're to go to the Pacific. Stan, you said you had, card. you got to start, bro. The, you said you had it's some in the cooking. wild card. It's in the wild card. It's in the okay, wild card. All right. All right. We get to the wild so, card. So we'll, my top I mean, I'll start. I have mine that might be a little right, off the yeah, rails. Tim, go for it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Okay. Tim, you, I, you I actually the LA Kings is the number one team in this division. Whoa. I, I think the LA I think the LA Kings Whoa. are the one seed in this division. Whoa. I, I I think this is the year we finally see Quinn Byfield take a step. Reportedly came out last year, he was playing the whole season with two sprained wrists. This guy was picked high for a reason. I think he's gonna fit well with Kovatar and Kempe in that line, and you can finally see some skill from him because what I've seen hasn't been much. It's been a lot of physical corner play, nothing really showing off his talent. I think finally he can do that. 
You add Pierre-Luc Dubois, like Matt said, he, you know, from as much as you could talk about him and, you know, how poor his attitude was, especially in Columbus and Winnipeg, the guy's a stud. He's got skill. There's a reason he was drafted that high. And now you're pairing him with Kevin Fiala, who I think is a great goal scorer. They have Philip Deneau in that third line center role. This might be one of the best center rooms in the league because I I really do believe Kopitar is a Selkie candidate. So you're looking Mm -hmm. at a top six, top three, you know, center wise, top six that looks unbelievable. The back end, Drew Doughty's healthy. Mikey Anderson's going to step up, play fine in that second role with him. I like Garyanov. I like Matt, you know, Matt Roy. It's goaltending, obviously, is, is this, is, you know, if they've Cam Talbot can hold it down. And I think he does. I really do. I, I'm high on this Kings team. I like the two way game they play. I think they match up well with Edmonton. They match up well with Vegas. And I think it takes a lot of these division games and they solidify them as the number one team. That's a great, I mean, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, you could argue that they have the best center room in the NHL just based on how impactful they are on both sides of the ice. They have two like bona fide Selkie candidates in Kopitar and Philip Deneau. And you pair that with goal scoring. Even if you get 20 goals from Quinton Byfield, you're going to get 25 plus from Kempe, Kopitar, Fiala, and Dubois. So there's what? 110 goals in your top six without the other right wing, whoever's going to play on that second line. So they're going to be really good. I love their third line, pro- arguably one of the best in the league, Trevor Moore, Philip Deneau, Victor Arvidsson. Mm-hmm. They're just a really well-rounded team. Um, that's why I, they're definitely a playoff team for sure. They're going to be in the mix. Um, they lost a couple names in the back end, but I don't, I, don't, I don't see that impacting them that much. They still have Drew Doughty. They still have Mikey Anderson in there. Um, they added Gavrikov, who was – shockingly one of like the biggest like trade chips go at last season during the deadline. Like a lot of people I were, was, I didn't think he was just because I think that's what the league is starting to turn into is like, you have the talented guys. Every team is drafting talent, right? Like we just yeah. brought up the field and this guy, and all of a sudden, like the most important players are tre- like you just mentioned, Trevor Moore, Denal, like, Gavrikov was a guy that played so well in Columbus in the series against Tampa, like the five game yeah. series in the bubble. He, I think, was a player that stuck out because it's like, oh my God, like we need a guy that could play defense. Yeah. And I think that's why teams admire that now. Like, I think at the deadline, you haven't seen, like, you've seen some big movement before the deadline, but deadline day, I feel like you see more of like a Max Domi get moved to Carolina and then he puts up two goals in game seven against Boston two seasons ago. Like those are the guys I think the league is starting yeah, to turn into. You're not seeing any Shea Weber, PK Subban trades again. No. And a yeah. lot of it is character too, right? Like a lot of these players that teams are looking for adds character. And it also is almost like a role model, right? There's, there's a reason why, the top end players in the NHL make up such a small percentage of the NHL. Yes, there's a lot of talent in the NHL, and we've said in the in this you know podcast alone in this episode that pretty much every single team in the NHL has that one winger or that one player who's really good. But there's a lot of players on in the NHL that can't emulate that skill that a guy like Clayton Keller or Brad Marchand has. So when you bring in guys like Trevor Moore and you bring in guys like Victor Arvidsson, and you mentioned earlier another guy that Tampa has, Tanner Janot, where He's a guy who started in the ECHL, started out maybe guys in the AHL that, you know, these kids now that are getting drafted can be like, okay, like this is a role that I could have. Maybe I could use my shot and maybe I could be very skilled, but also I can learn from a guy like Philip Deneau. I can learn from a guy like Carl Gruncham, like, hey, like you can live 
make a make a living in the NHL by playing this way, not necessarily having to score 30, 40 goals because it's, it's it mm-hmm. doesn't happen for everybody. Yeah, and 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 one more thing about the Kings, I think you know I look I look at what they have you know beyond the the NHL guys like Brant Clark, guys like you know Alex Turcotte who haven't even you know risen to the NHL state. This team's only going to get better. And I could see maybe a guy like Brand Clark or Alex mm-hmm. Turcotte, if, if they do stay healthy, maybe getting a midseason call up, give them a shot because they both looked, you know, and, and Alex Lafreniere, they both looked, they all looked phenomenal in preseason. So I, I, I expect this team to be competitive through and through. And I think even if they deal with injuries, they have plugs that can fill that role. Call them Alex. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think the Pacific is is a little weird because it's a little top heavy, um, just considering yeah. the bottom of that division. Uh, I got to go with McDavid at, at the first seed in this division. They're actually my president's trophy pick just because I think that that offense is fully settling in. Um, they've added a couple of pieces over the last couple of seasons. Evander Kane, uh, Zach Hyman, uh, Matthias Yanmark just got added to that team. Connor Brown just got added to that team. He, you, Matt, you and I both know how much of a stud Connor Brown is. And <laughs> Daily Faceoff is projecting him to play with Kane and McDavid. Would not be surprised if he's a 30-goal scorer. Um, we're seeing Evan Bouchard get a ton of praise from Canadian media, which is su- not surprising. I mean, Canadian defensemen, they're going to hype him up. Um, but their back end is looking much better. Their goaltending finally looks like Stuart Skinner. Jack Campbell can be like a little bit of a 50-50, maybe 60-40 split that'll get them through the regular season and get them into a position where they could have a ton of points. Uh, McDavid had, I believe, 156 points last year. Would not be surprised if he hits that and does even more. Uh, They're my pick for the Pacific and also my pick for the President's Trophy. They're going to tear it up in the regular season and uh, hopefully more. Uh, I love Vegas. They did not add a single player in the offseason. They did not add anybody. So by not adding anybody, it was full subtraction. They had no money after, you know, giving Eichel that. Uh, you know, bring him onto the team. He's got that contract. They lose Riley Smith. They lose Teddy Bluger. They lose their backup, Lauren Brossois. They lose Phil Kessel, and they lose Jonathan Quick as well. I love Vegas. They have a great roster. Uh, they're going to be second or first in that division. A lot of people think that they're going to be uh, President's Trophy winners, which obviously wouldn't be surprising considering the talent that's on that roster. Uh, we're going to see Logan Thompson probably take a step forward and maybe, t- you know, fully take over that starting role. But I have them in second place in that division, and then I have LA in third. I love LA as a you know first in that division pick. I think it's very bold, but I also think it could definitely happen if that team gels and they really go flying in that in that uh, division. So Edmonton, Vegas, LA is my Pacific. Yeah, Jake, no, I have the I same top. I think. So. Oh. oh, damn! What were you saying? I mean, I have the same top three. It's Edmonton, Vegas, and LA. Yeah, and you, you basically I, I would... said the same thing. I was going to say. Yeah, I, I had the same thing too. I think uh, just the the only thing about LA, I have them at three as well. Just teams don't need to win the division to break out and be that team. If they're the third team in the division and they make it to the Western Conference Final, that's just as impressive as if Connor McDavid went, you know drags the Oilers to a President's Trophy. And I think but something that's, to mind. Right. What's up, Jake? That's the thing, though. Like the the misconception with McDavid for years now has been he has to drag this team. Yes, Drysaddle there also. He does, but I don't think Drysaddle now. I don't think Drysaddle is the second best player in the league. It's Austin Matthews, and I think it's McKinnon. It's Nathan McKinnon. But okay, 
Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. We can. Oh we, we can't. We, 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 in this we, debate right now. It's going for hours. <laughs> we can yeah, yeah. go on with this for hours, but <laughs> my. And then you just got a hundred points. Okay, All right. Whatever. Matthew's in a down year too. I'm. I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> where my problem is is with the Oilers goaltending. I have them at one, and I know we're talking regular season here, but postseason, they. Don't convince me with their like goaltending, and I, I just think that's like a that's like a, a I know I, f- I feel like the stigma is the wrong word because I believe in it. Like a goaltender can get you far, and I, I just don't see Stewart. Like I know we saw Aiden Hill, but let's be for real. Like Logan Thompson's in that. They probably don't even come. They, they probably the Vegas Gold Knights probably would steamroll a lot of the postseason if they had their true starter in that. I know Aiden Hill played really well, but okay. I do think that we're talking about goalies, right? It's like you needed you need a defenseman in depth. You need a star forward and gritty depth, and you need a goaltender. And I just think Edmonton, yeah, how many games do you see where it's like the Oilers won in overtime? Why didn't they close it out when they put up five goals? Because they also surrendered five goals. So I think that's more of a conversation for when we talk about Stanley Cup. Okay. Uh, wild card. Is it, so. I'm starting. You're starting? Okay. <laughs> Even with my big controversy? Does anybody, little trivia question, does anybody remember my Stanley Cup pick last, last year? The Calgary Flames. You have them in the You're wild goddamn. card. You're goddamn right. <laughs> and they are they are in the wild card no, for, so, for so many different reasons. This team is so unbelievably talented. Like, just looking at their roster, yes, they lose Tyler to Foley. They bring in Yegor Sharangovich, whatever. But looking at their roster, looking at their center depth, looking at who they actually have, this team is poised for a great regular season. They have Jacob Markstrom, who I think is one of the better goalies in the NHL. He was uh, a couple years ago, he was the shutout leader. He can take teams and he can win games for them. I love their back end. I love Mackenzie Weger back there. Their left side is one of the best in the NHL with Weger, Hannafin, and Nikita Zadorov. Love that. Even the right side's good. Rasmus Anderson, Chris Tanev, Jordan Rosserly, great. Uh, they're getting a rookie. Uh, a lot of you guys might know any NCAA fans out there. Matt Coronado projected to be in their top six. He had a fantastic preseason. He's flying yeah. out there. Looks really, really good. He's going to be a great uh, guy out there with Manji Pani if he plays together with him. I'm expecting just that entire offense to go from where they were last year to take that step forward. You have Nazem Kadri there as well. So they're my wildcard team as well as the Seattle Kraken. They're going to be good again. I love them. Love their roster. Love Philip Grubauer. Shout out to my boy, Roy, if you're listening. Um, I <laughs> love the Kraken. I love what they've done with their team out of the expansion draft, who they've added, who they've drafted as well. Matty Beniers. Hopefully he'll have a 45-50 point season, maybe even more, which means that the Minnesota Wild are out. Um, that is probably my most controversial take of the entire uh, episode. Oh, you Minnesota Wild, see my second Bill- wildcard team. Over the Minnesota Wild will be missing the playoffs in 2023-24. Stan, okay. the floor is yours. Okay. No, I my, first wild card, my first wildcard team, Seattle. I'm completely sold on Seattle. I love Matty Veneers. I love Jared McCann. I love Philip Grubauer. I think Jordan Everly. that Jordan Ely Everly Tolvin as well. For free. Ely Tolvin yes. for free. Yes. I think, that they, free. I, I think that they bounce <laughs> back off of the amazing year that they had last year. 
My second wild card team. Oh can I guess? Can, can I guess? Nux, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, or the Coyotes, I'm gonna slap you because it's just wrong. It could be the. It's it's either it's either the Canucks. I could see I could see it being St. Louis. That's He's another team. Put the Give me the Vancouver Canucks. You're an idiot. You're oh, just an idiot. You're an God. idiot. <laughs> I fucking oh, love. You know what? I, I want to listen. I want to listen. For whatever reason, I love this team. I know last year was a disaster. They fire Bruce Boudreau. They trade Bo Horvat. They, I like Rick Tockett, man. I really like Rick Tockett. They improve the defense, getting Ian Cole. They get get Ian Cole. Carson, how do you say his last name? Susie. Susie, yeah. Carson Susie, Philip Hornick. Quinn Hughes was just named captain. They have a top 10 goalie tandem in the league, in my opinion, with Thatcher Demko and Casey DeSmith. And it, in order for them to even sneak into the playoffs, it all comes down to the play of Elias Pettersson. If he gets over 100 points this season, this team is going to the playoffs. Nah, nah, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't get behind that. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Well, well, I want to hear the anti. I, I want I, to hear Tim because I'm not necessarily anti Canucks, but I actually, I believe in Stan's pick. But I want to hear Tim because Tim is out I, on the Canucks. I just, I just think this is the same system over and over. Like every year, it's the same thing with the Canucks. Is that they, they kind of present the same core group, and it just seems to, it just doesn't, it doesn't work out. And and I understand you bring it. The Islanders then. That we've made the playoffs. I under, I'm talking about playoff and playoff aspect. two rounds. What the Isles last year? Yeah, they I, they lost the first round. That's fair. But what were the Canucks at? They were sellers at the deadline. They had what seventy points. I mean, I don't even know if they were they were sniffing like a top ten pick. I, I understand. I, 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 I understand. I, I, I think it's also. I I do think the argument though of uh, trotting out the same group because I feel like that could be used on a lot of teams: Pittsburgh, the Rangers, the Islanders. Carolina for the most part yeah, like it's a fun but, thing I, but here's the thing if, yeah. there, if there's somewhat recent success of making the playoffs and having you know at least a push going in with an you know going over a hump especially with teams with you know young players like you bring oh, you brought in JT Miller there, there really wasn't there wasn't anything you know they haven't they haven't done anything they haven't made the playoffs with the guys they brought in they, they've extended all of them and as much as I do like Quinn Hughes as a you know as a player and a captain his his two-way game is eh, he's not great defensively his plus minus has been eh. So it's all plus it's, again, minus. Here we go. Uh, yeah, here we go. That matters. <laughs> and it does, just as much as face off percentage. <laughs> I did not think. But I'm, I, I don't want to hear. Not face, I don't want to hear any face off percentage. But you know what? Actually, I I didn't even look at the Canucks. <laughs> I didn't even look. But I I have the I I've been pulling up some daily face off content here while we're live. I hate their left side. Kuzmenko, stud, love him. Um, but after that, it's Phil Giuseppe. Goat, Major but Dakota Joshua, <laughs> and then Niels Amon, not good on the left side. However, <laughs> let's turn the page to the center depth and the right wing depth. Now, very good one-two punch. JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, uh, center depth, very good. They oh. add Pew Suter and Teddy Bluger, who, in my opinion, very very good three-four combo. <sighs> Pew Suter had a really good rookie season with Chicago. I could see him having success on that third line with Beauvillier. Um, and then looking at the right wing depth, I mean, Connor Garland, he scored 30 goals before he's a good player, Brock Besser, hopefully he can return if Stan that I think, I think Pedersen, there's no doubt in my mind, he's going to have a great year. 
but he's not the X factor. It's their guys who have been there for a while. It's Brock yeah, Besser. Sure. It's 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 Connor Garland. They those are the guys that they need to actually have good seasons in order for it to happen. Because there's no doubt in my mind, Elias Pettersson is a 40 goal scorer, 45 assists, and definitely even more. The ceiling for him is like 115 points. He's he's a stud. Everybody in the league knows it. Um, and the only reason why. I said Pedersen to the Rangers earlier in this in this episode is because I initially didn't even think about Vancouver and thought of them as sellers. But seeing the way that you put it, seeing the additions that they have, seeing the goaltending combo, there's no reason why they can't be a playoff contender. At least in the hall. You know no, and I'll say but this I, actually, where, where I disagree I feel with like that's the been rest the, that, over uh, here, my guy. No, you know what though, guys? They they have ingredients and i think that's something that we talk about we've been talking about with the nhl and i know i don't want to sound like a broken record but the reason they didn't succeed at all last year wasn't because of anybody else brock besser could suck how many forward groups in the nhl have one player that sticks out like a sore thumb and you're like why can't this player just figure it out every team we've talked about has one and i could go back through the whole list and talk about it if you want me to yeah but well, because I know we all already been out of for an hour. Whether it's a defenseman, <laughs> whether it's a forward, but guess what? Josh Bailey's already play, gone. <laughs> you only play one goalie a night, and Thatcher Demko struggled mercilessly. He did. It was horrible to watch, but we know he has more in the tank. The reason they succeeded in the bubble was because of him, because of his play bouncing off of Markstrom. I think their goalie room, if they can get back to some sort of form. I don't see why they can't compete for wildcard because I'm not sold on Seattle. Oh, who do you have? Yeah, I think a lot of people a lot of people see that Seattle can regress, um, which is which is fine. Heavy. I mean, that's heavy. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Eric I mean, is your best forward. <laughs> yeah, but like it's I'm telling their team though, like it's just it's it reminds me very much of how LA was in that first time that they met up against Edmonton in that like that big playoff battle where it went to like seven games. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Wait, so Matt, wait, so Matt, who, do you have, who do you the have Kraken for Wildcard? Kraken or win by committee team. The Kraken or win by committee team. The only way this works out is the same thing happened last year. Is they have multiple guys with 40 points. You know, everyone's producing. I, I think they could sneak in as that, that last wildcard team. I just, I need, I need a jump. Their team, their team is genuinely like a bunch of like second, third liners. That's why they, they, they were successful last year. I think the Kraken were two things win by committee to a degree i think they were they came off of the expansion high Mm -hmm. okay and i also think we talked about um with someone else just brought someone up that would just triggered something in my brain (laughs) they're the safe pick they are the safe pick really the safe pick well i think they're the safe pick in the wild card because yeah, they made the postseason last year, made noise, and none of us had them in the one, two, or three spot. So they're the safe pick in the wild card, but I do think the other teams we mentioned would have to make a jump in order, right? It's like Seattle's there, but if Calgary can make the jump, they can knock them out. Or if Vancouver can make a big jump, they can knock them out. I don't, I, I'm just not convinced on Seattle, and I think the other team, I wouldn't compare the two. I think St. Louis has a chance. Yes. And I think part of that is okay. because I think they have some more, some 
bona fide talent that's that's better. Like I, I'm more convinced on Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich and Jordan Bennington returning to any sort of form over I just Seattle, there's something about the the they won game seven. Like I feel like you can't get to that peak and then then build upon it again. And I, I think their first season, I know it was their first season you're looking at right now, but that's their floor. Like you're talking about a forward group that's led by Jared McCann, a defense and Brian Donato. Like it's not winged by committee where it's like you knew in with the Islanders and trot system and the way Lou has everything set up is like, they're just going to drain the life out of you before you score a goal. You knew that. And that either works or it doesn't. And it's not because of the system. It's because of if you can score a few goals, if the Islanders can score a few goals, they could win a frigging cup. And that was the problem last year. Mm-hmm. The Kraken, I, I don't know. I'd like to hear someone would have to convince me because I'm just not sold on Grubauer as a starter. There's just a lot there that I feel like is questionable okay. where it's like they had the high. Vegas brought in Petrangelo, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty. Like they didn't just go with the misfits. The, mm-hmm. the, the Kraken are like, here's our misfits. And this is what we're going to go with because we won a game seven. Yeah. Okay. There's just so, the there's defending, just so many. the defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, that's the thing. I know they were I missing think, guys, but. Yeah, it's the problem with the problem with Seattle is exactly how you mentioned it, where it's like <clears throat> they, what, like, where, how much further can they possibly go? And just looking at their roster, I just feel like they can outplay teams by deploying like really good players on like every shift. So mm-hmm. for example, when they play against other teams, when they have to put out a third or fourth line of either rookies or, you know, older veterans, whatever, versus a team like Seattle, where if you're going against a third line matchup, it's essentially like playing a second line when you're playing against Ely Tolvin and Yanni Gord and Olivier Bjorkstrand. So you have this, you know, almost Swiss Easy. army knife of yeah, you have this Swiss Army knife of options where you can put out any line in any situation and you're going to get that same hustle, that same work ethic from every line. And that's why I compare them to L.A. because we saw that against Edmonton in that first round in the first round series that those th- two teams had battled where no matter what line was on the ice for L.A., it was almost like the same formula where the puck was getting in deep and they were flying to the puck. The D was pushing up on the blue line. And Grubauer really was never getting a ton of, you know, workload because the puck was always in the offensive zone. And yes, whenever teams like Edmonton had pressure on LA or teams uh, like Colorado had pressure on Seattle, they were scoring goals, but the puck was constantly in the Seattle offensive zone in those playoff series. So looking at that, at, at it, that from that point of view, that's the recipe for success, being able to stay on the puck and stay hungry. And that's how they're going to be able to get into the playoffs. But I do want to think about St. Louis for a second. How, I mean, Matt, I know you talked about it for a little bit, but how does everybody feel about St. Louis? Because I kind of want to transition into this whole teams that are right on the fringe, uh, teams like St. Louis, teams like Seattle, uh, teams like Minnesota, Winnipeg. There's just a lot of these teams that they need things to go right in order for them to go yeah. in the playoffs, but they also could go very, very wrong. No, I agree. Here's where my take is on St. Louis. I'll wrap it up quick. Just, I think they... They are changing the guard, right? Like you, you move Tarasenko and O'Reilly. And I think the guys that are there are really, really talented. 
Jacob Vrana, to name one. Vrana's there. And like everywhere he Kevin seems Hayes. to go, he, he had some ups I and downs. I think but, I got Kevin Hayes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kevin Hayes. You got Jordan Kai. The, the core, which they set up, kind of like to spring out. I, I think it's going to be a little bit of kind of like a retool on the fly. But I yeah. think it's going to be, you know, you got your dogs, Bucinavich, Kyrou, Thomas. Those guys are moving. You brought in some guys, Vrana Hayes. You have the defense. I don't think their defense is terrible. And I think they no, do have good. the goalie. Like, I think they have the goalie if he's mentally sane this year. And I really mean <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> that's that's my – that's really for me. Yeah. That, for me, that's where they don't get in. It's And and, and it's no, no. I mean, I've seen – you've seen Bennington in 2019. You know, he stepped up to the big plate. He, he was a great goalie. And, yeah. you know, after he's got that contract, he, he doesn't look like an NHL starter by any means. And this was a guy they were talking like Vesna candidate caliber back, you know, when they gave him that deal. And him and Carter Hart are kind of in a similar situation right now where – you know, are they really going to be that guy? And, you know, did they just have a hot start early? And he's the biggest question mark for me. I, I, I just don't, I don't see him having a standout, you know, a stud year, a year where you can rely on him consistently. And, you know, they don't, they, you know, you lose Billy Huso. So I think I, I just, I can't, I can't see them getting in. Okay. Yeah. I so think Matt, your top, I, your wild card was. I had, I had Seattle in there, but the more we were talking about it, the more I was like, I just don't see how Seattle's better than Calgary. And I don't see how, the St. Louis Blues can't challenge Seattle. So I'm actually really going to go with, like, I think St. Louis and Calgary I'm favoring, and I think just because the Kraken are the safe pick, right? Yeah. Why, be, why be that guy? Yeah, yeah that's so true. Now why be Tim, the guy who's going to hate? Tim, your wild card is? Well, I had the Flames and the Kraken, but Matt's really – I don't know. I'm kind of on his wave now. I'm, I'm rethinking really this yeah, Kraken pick. Okay. It's for me, and now I'm thinking goaltending wise. I mean, you got to think they're inaugural year. They weren't great defensively, but Krubauer was heroic. I mean, he was horrific. I mean, he, he they didn't even end up playing him that often. He hasn't been as rock solid as I would like him to be. And for some reason, that Nashville pick is just looking at me, Stan. I kind of, I kind of want the Flames and Nashville as my two wild card teams here. I think, I think that's what I'm looking at. That's crazy. I, I can't get behind okay. that. Is crazy. I can't okay. get behind tell Nashville. me, but tell me why St. Louis would not like would shock everybody and be buyers at the deadline like go after somebody like big like i could totally it, see that happening for, it's, like, yeah it's not gonna shock me right if bennington's side. good if bennington's really good if he's having a decent exceptional season then then that wouldn't shock me at all i brought up <laughs> ottawa before we brought up and dan brought it up tarasenko and claude Giroux. what is the difference between jordan Cairo and robert thomas as your core and granted i'm not saying comparing the players i'm just saying we're talking about Buchnevich, Kairou, right? A Kevin Hayes who can kind of revive himself a little bit. He had a lot of family things going, like personal things going on. You have those guys. You have a pretty good, a pretty good defense. What's the difference between them and a team like Ottawa? You add two veterans at the deadline. Steven Stamkos wants out. Oh, we'll throw you the money. Come over here. We got it for you. Yeah, you don't fair. think he's eyeing that up? I just think you can add veterans and plug them into that lineup and automatically they become a team that's just like the other ones we talked about. And that's a okay. perfect reason because you ever see that meme where it's like there's like two separate roads and like one road is like like yes. really like evil and spooky and the other one's like sunshine and rainbows. The sunshine and rainbows for Ottawa is Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux, Batherson, Tarasenko. Sunshine and rainbows. But... The dark, gross, gloomy side is the rest of their forward core because it is like it is the Belleville Senators. It is oof, it is not great. Their center depth is Tim Stutzla, <laughs> and then it's Ridley Gre- Gregg, Rourke Chartier, and Mark Kastelik. 
it is rough. So you're right. You're absolutely right. If they if they plug in those holes, like let's say the first half of the season, they're surprising teams. They're winning these close games. They're winning four to three in overtime against like the Colorado Avalanche when they come visit Ottawa. They're getting points. They're maintaining, you know, the playoff race early in the season. And they're like, okay. Matthew Joseph has 10 goals in 20 games. That's not going to happen. So we need to get somebody to fill that role, and they might do it. So I agree. Ottawa is one of those teams to look out for at the deadline that might you know, surprise some teams, get in, and we'll see what happens. Okay. So we're going to go award predictions now. So we're going to go Hart, Vesna, Norris, Calder. I think that there's a no-doubter for the Hart and the Calder. So... Mm. I have. Well, McDa- I don't, I have I don't know about the Calder. I would. I would oh, take a. I have, McDa- <laughs> I have McDavid winning a heart, let's, and then I have. Let's Connor get the top. The let's get these four out of the way. Hart Trophy, yeah. Art Ross, Ted Lindsay, uh, Rocket Richard. Okay. Which Rocket Richard might be different, but I have McDavid all four. Hart Trophy MVP, Art Ross mo- most points. Ted Lindsay is player voted MVP, yeah. right? Yes. And then Players Richard is most goals. Unless mm-hmm. Matthews has a career run, or Ovechkin, or Kaprizov, Pasternak, anybody. I don't see anybody Robertson. taking those four from McDavid. Robertson, good one too. Yeah, Robo's um, definitely won. I think if there's one of those four awards that you're going to take away from McDavid, it's going to be goals. But considering the way that he was getting to the front of the net last year, it's going to take, and I, I'm not even going to say the word, it's going to take something to happen to McDavid in order for any of those awards to get taken away from him. Um, yeah, okay. Let's go to okay. Vesna because this is going to be probably our most controversial award pick here. Actually, I think all three of the bottom, Vesna, Norris, and Calder will be. Let's, let's get to it, though. Okay. okay. So for Vesna, uh, Tim's going to like this one. I have Elias Sorokin. Okay. Okay. No reason. I just think it's his year. You know, he's had yeah. uh, 924 save percentage through three seasons. He's got like a – I forget what his GAA even is. But no shutouts in the league since – I think 2021 or the last three seasons. Yeah. I know, you know what I'll he... say. Sorry. You know what I'll say no, about Sorokin to cut you off real fast. If Linus Olmark had the season he had on the Islanders last year, Islanders finished the same, but if Sorokin had the exact same numbers, you put him on the Bruins team, that award is Sorokin's. If okay. Sorokin has another career year, if Sorokin has another career year, 925, uh, two, 213, Bunch of shutouts, but the Islanders fall short of the playoffs. Doesn't matter what he does. If the save percentage goals against all the analytics are better on a guy who's on a playoff team, like maybe Alexander Georgiev, maybe Jake Ottinger, maybe a guy who's playing on a really good team who also has very similar numbers, they're going to give it to that guy. So the only way Sorokin takes that Vezina is if he pushes the Islanders into the playoffs. Okay. So are you taking Sorokin for the Vezina, Jake? or No. Absolutely not. Okay. Do you want my Homer pick or do you want my actual pick? (laughs) Go with actual pick. Actual pick because I have them making the third spot in your mind. (laughs) Actual pick because I have them making the third spot in the central (laughs) is the Winnipeg Jets. I think Hellebuck, he's got the contract out of the way. Um, I think he's uh, really like, I can win you a a game uh, player. Just like a lot of goalies, I think he's my Vesna pick. Um, really flashy goalie, very underrated flashy goalie. He's been in the top ten saves compilations for like the past like five years. Um, he could absolutely have like a stellar year, and he's like my dark horse pick of the Vesna. I think the favorite right now, if you look on Fanduel, is UC Saros. And 
Dan, I don't know what you're thinking with Sorokin, but since you have Nashville making the playoffs, if they get in the playoffs, it's Sorokin's going to be like minus 400 by the end of the year. So he Fair. is okay. definitely a good pick. Um, but it's, I mean, look, I, Igor Shostakin is so good that the Vesna. I don't know how he's not the favorite. I don't know how Vasilevsky's not the favorite. I don't know how Sorokin's not the favorite. But Vasilevsky well, is going to be out for two months. But he comes back and all of a sudden he's posting like ten wins out of thirteen, Still, and he though, just that's starts like falling two out. Months. That's huge. I guess that's yeah, fair. One through that's a one. Short sample like... size. <laughs> that's fair. Matt, hit me. Uh, Vesna. Yeah, here we go. My pick, Igor. Go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no brainer. It, it was about with that is because I think he had like it's so crazy because Igor had like the third best season of all time, and then Olmark surpassed that. The one thing I will say though is Sorokin's right there, and the reason I believe that is all the points Jake said, all the points you guys have been saying, and I think part of that too is just I do think if the team makes the playoffs, I don't think it's wrong for writers to vote and say. Yeah, that goal goalie earned the award. And I think part of that has to do with like, you know, the kind of the view of it. Cause like Sorokin could put up these numbers, but if they don't make the playoffs, the Metro's tough, but like they could get into a wild card. If they don't get that, like if they put up 80 points, it's like, well, then you're looking at it and you're saying, well, he lost how many games then, right? Like there's got to be yeah. a point where you look at something and say, so, but I do think he's right there. I do think he's right there. And I think the reason I go with Igor is strictly because I think this year the mentality is different in the room. And I do think he's going to have a very similar season to the 2022 they had. Um, mm-hmm. okay. And I think part of that too is because they're going to make it in the postseason, the best division in the league, Carolina. Freddie Anderson always goes down, right? Like you always kind of have like a little bit of a toss up of who's in goal. And I think for New Jersey, their goalies are not winning the Vesna. So, and I think Saros okay. is right there too, actually. But I'd love to see yeah, if he's the favorite. I couldn't believe that. He's the favorite he's, for the Vesna. If Saros can drag them to the postseason, oh my God, he's, Dan, we would have to put this everywhere. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh my God, forget it. Now imagine if Vancouver makes it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then Demko. But oh, then Demko would have. Yeah, Demko yeah, then, would it's got to be Demko. Demko probably. Yeah, you know what? Same thing for the Blues. Benning, Benning, got to be in that conversation. The Blues are getting in there. He could be. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then another okay. pick that I mentioned earlier today, actually, to one of my friends who then called me an idiot, was Jacob Markstrom, because he had a Vesna okay. caliber season a couple of years ago when Calgary was really good. So if he yep. posts another one of those shutout like loaded seasons, yeah, he needs another he eleven shutout, shutout season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he does something like that, forget it. All right. This one's going to be an interesting one. I like my pick here. I want to see what you guys think of it. My pick for the Norris Trophy is going to be Rasmus Dahlin. I Ooh. love this pick. I have him too. I have him too. He's on my like. I got him. So Tim's got him too. I have. I did like candidates, and then I like bolded the one that I think is going to win. And he's not bolded, but he's in the top three. Now, I love Rasmus Dahlin to win the Norris here. They're Sabers team on the rise. You've been saying it. The casuals are going to be exposed to Buffalo Sabres hockey. He just got that contract. There's just like so much I love about this Buffalo Sabres team. And it's all going to be, well, not so, not solely because of Rasmus Dahlin, but he is definitely going to be the main reason why they go far. He's probably going to be, top, he's already top five best defenseman in hockey. He's, if he wins a Norris this year, he could definitely make his way up to top three. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm agreeing with you, Sin. I think listen, it, it's going to be like a storybook season for the Sabers if they do make the playoffs. What thirteen years? It's crazy for them. So the fact that he's leading them on the back end, he had his best year last year. I think he's going to take a step from that. His plus minus was finally plus, and that's a huge stat for me for anyone who knows that. <laughs> he had seventy two points in seventy eight games. I like where he's at. I, I think he keeps getting better. I think Tage Thompson has a big year. I, I don't. I think I think Darlene's the Norris favorite for me. For me, with Darlene, if he scores one of those like gets the puck from down low at the blue line, makes a move, does a spinorama and like takes a wrist shot and it goes top shelf. He he's his Norris odds are going to go from like plus 800 to like plus 200. <laughs> yes. Cause he's one yeah. of those players where like, especially for like any defender, we saw Adam Fox, like everyone knows about Adam Fox when in that Norris season that it could have been McCarr. But the only reason I feel like he won the Norris is because he was so good with, with what he's already doing, which is, uh, you know, the non-statistical plays where his IQ, you know, the takeaways, whatever it may be, not the goals and the assists, but it was the minute he started doing the things that you're seeing in the highlight tapes and in the top 10 compilations is when you started to be like, okay, Adam Fox is like the Norris guy. So if Darlene wins the Norris, it's going to be because he's going to be on the highlight reels and he's got all the points and all that stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a great pick, but we can't not talk about Cam McCarr. Like, I mean, come on, that's, yeah. that's, that's why I have Obviously. bolded and like, I know he's like the Homer, like favorite pick here, but there's a reason like he's, he is the best defenseman in the NHL. Yeah. Now Fair I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with a different guy. And the only reason is because a quote out of training camp was, uh, the Dallas stars, Miro Heiskanen. Miro. Yeah, he was stunned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was asked about the, the, uh, Norse and his response was, he was kind of like, why am I not in that combo? I'm right there with these guys. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I feel that's like hard. that's a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. So I'm just going to go with that just because it would be pretty sick if he wins and like Dallas goes far in the postseason and then he he takes home the Norris at the awards this year. So I think everything we're saying, though, is on point. Like you have your perennial guys and that's McCarr, Fox, Hedman, Yossi. I think Hedman's starting to fall out of that a little bit. So is Yossi. But I think the next two guys up in that conversation are Darlene at three or two, really. Like, I would say he's right there with Fox. And then I think Heiskanen's in there, too. So, all right. Calder Trophy. I said Bedard. Matt kind of gave me a, a look. I can understand why. There's a man in Arizona. There's a man in Arizona. I know there's a man but in Arizona. Not, it, it doesn't I know there's like, a specific goalie in Buffalo. We have to think. We have to think like the NHL writers and the people who are actually going to vote on it, right? If Logan Cooley has forty-five points or fifty points this season and plays very, very good, it won't matter if Connor Bedard has sixty. It won't matter. Connor Bedard is going. Connor Bedard is going to have sixty, sixty-five, seventy points this season, and even if Logan Cooley is right there next to him, it doesn't matter because. Connor Bedard is going to score those 65, 70 points in a way cooler, more, hey, NHL fans, look what Connor Bedard is doing, way that the Calder Trophy, it's a runaway. I mean, you can't yeah. even bet I, on, I, you can't even bet on someone uh, with, to have Calder odds less than mine. I think it's plus 500 because Cooley's the second highest at like plus 800. It's unbelievable. Oh I mean, this, this kid, Connor Bedard, he is going to score. I I already took his over at sixty seven and a half points because all the NHL writers are projecting him to have eighty plus. So he is the caller favorite, and it's not close. Okay, 
T- tell me now why you, he can't agree point per game look. player. That's I know I agree with you, but I don't think he's going eighty plus as a rookie. I mean, he that's be a point insane. per game player, but their their goal their goal differential is going to be horrendous. That that team's going to be pathetic. And and I think I, I think for my argument yeah. my argument for Cooley. My argument for Cooley is that I, I think if Arizona could maybe make a little bit of noise in the standings, I'm not saying make a playoff spot by any means, but you know, kind of hover around that, that that gap. And if he's putting up points with Keller, I, I see no problem, see, you know, him getting votes and potentially winning it. I don't know. That's just me. Okay, Matt, who you got? Okay, all right. So I've seen two guys with my own two eyes from Drew the Fortescue and Gabe Perot. <laughs> <laughs> Perot, baby, he is pretty dirty. Uh, I know. I'm gonna go with. You know what? I like the Cooley conversation because I genuinely mean this. He was the best college hockey player I've ever seen. Okay, it's fair. He was on point. Fair. And then the goal he scored in Australia. I know Lane Hudson was incredible, and he's a first year, and he's just gonna take time to develop, and he's gonna be insane. We'll see that eventually. But last year, right, Logan Cooley's speed, like, I can't even express it. It's like he transports up ice. In all, he's in all three zones, and then he's gone. I'm going to say there's one more player that I think his pedigree is there, and I think this is why he could take it, and that's Adam Fantelli. Okay. Because I agree with Jake. The world is against the rest of the conversation. They want Bedard. The NHL wants Bedard. But where I'll disagree with Jake is what he brought up just now. And I'm agreeing with him here. The support in Chicago. I just don't think he's a player that's going to come in. and You can't in the modern NHL. You can't come in and just do it all yourself. There's no way. But Mc, but McDavid <laughs> did. He, he literally did. Yeah. Yeah, he got hurt. He didn't even win. <laughs> but look but look at the games that he actually played. And then look at the actual first full season that he had. Right? And I get it. McDavid, yes. Oh, my God. Like, he's, like, the greatest player to ever step on the ice. But tell me, Bedard, it can't even cl- – like, nah, you have to at least look at – We just brought up playoffs with every other candidate for every other trophy. So, okay. Devin Levi – is in net. He puts up those numbers and goes all the way. You don't think he's in the Calder conversation? Uh, he's in the com- conversation he's for the sure. Conversation, yes. Oh, Devon Levy had a very good year. He had a he had he had thirty wins. He had a great year. Oh, Connor Bedard had seventy five points with thirty five goals and uh, yeah, but 40, yeah, yeah, but the like, team the team has like, forty you points. Like, think, I, like I, how I, the riders are gonna think here. Like I know it's your opinion, but I feel like you have to like what Jake said. You have to think like how the riders and the voters are gonna. That's think. the thing. The NHL is going to want to have Connor Bedard winning Rookie of the Year. There is no doubt in my mind. I just Which, don't I think he has that much support around him. Yeah, I All don't right. either. I, I, uh, I, th- I look know, at that okay, bottom so six. I'm disgusted. He, again, he looks sick against his own team's third and fourth line players. Wait Who until he's got a Wait well, he's his- also, I mean, listen, look, he's also going to be playing with Taylor Hall. And he's also going to be playing with Ryan Donato, who are it's players who can. Playing with necessarily. It's also who he's playing against. He's I not get playing. It. He's playing against Kale McCarr. He's not playing against friggin' Seth Jones on three years <laughs> into that eight year. I yeah. just think and, that the world is going to watch the Chicago Blackhawks play. And I don't know when this episode's going out. That's up to you guys. They're going to uh, watch Tuesday. him play the Penguins. And even if he doesn't have a goal, even if he doesn't have a point, 
people are going to be like, holy shit, what is that guy doing on the ice? Like, what, like how is he moving like that? How is he moving That's his hands true. like that? And it's I the same way with McDavid, like, right? Like how McDavid, I, I, the way yeah. that he crosses over, the way that he moves his hands. But like, I see what you're saying, but I could also see a Jack Hughes kind of side of this where he's not a bigger guy. He struggles to adapt to the NHL style of play in his first you know few years. And then he starts to, you know, get going. I'm not saying it's going to be to that extent, but I'm saying I don't, I, I, you know, I could see a possibility where he's like a 35, 40, you know, 40 point getter. And he struggles a little bit in his first year. Cause I like, like Matt's saying this, this supporting cast is really not good and they don't have the defense or the goaltending to really be nowhere near a competitive team. I think if they struggle a lot, he's going to, you know, kind of trick have a trickle down effect and struggle with them fair that's fair I, right. think I think he's putting up like 50 60 easy um i think that's actually almost a no-brainer but i do think that if you look at it like if a goaltender like uh, levi performs and he plays really well but he's also on a winning team and then they make the playoffs for the first time are you going to go with Bedard at 60 to 70 points? Or are you going to go with the goaltender with the 900 save percentage, 30 wins under his belt and took the team to the playoffs? And I think that's that, you know, it's going to be something that remains to be seen because I think they're going to want Bedard. But I do think there is more competition than like, I don't think he's necessarily the shoe in from the observer standpoint. I think he's the shoe in for the marketing department. Understandable. Okay. All right, here we go. Jake, I'm going to let you go first on this one. It's time for you to avenge yourself. Who is winning the Stanley Cup? Um, well, obviously, I mean, as a Ranger fan, I, I would hope it's the Rangers. I think that's fair. Yes. Um, but I know we didn't talk about Selkie. It's an LA Kings player, not named Anze Kopitar. I'll let you guys figure that out. Um, oh. Philip Deneau. This nice team... Pick. This team, for me, has the skill, and now they have the Nathan McKinnon. It's not the Avalanche. Now they have the Nathan McKinnon (laughs) quote where it's, I've been in the league for nine years, and I haven't won shit. Um, Now you look. It's his eighth year in the the NHL. He's fully grown into the greatest NHL player we've ever seen on the ice. Us. The Edmonton Oilers are my Stanley Cup pick. Who were they beating? And in the Stanley Cup final? Uh, yes. Hopefully not the Rangers. No. If, if I had to pick a team from the East to go all the way. Um, Tampa. Man. What a battle. Like, yeah, I, was, I mean, what a battle it would be to see Edmonton and Toronto in the Stanley Cup final. What a, what a battle. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, I, I, can't, I can't pick Carolina because they're just, to me, they're just not. They're just not that team to go all the way. I just I don't see them there. Um, Stanley Cup out of the East. I mean, it's a tough pick. Um, in order to save my ass and not say anybody out of the Metro, I, I'll probably I'll probably go. I'm gonna go with Toronto. Yeah, I think that's okay. I think it's a fair pick. I think that they can get okay. over that hurdle that they ran into in Florida, where Florida was on that Cinderella run, and Edmonton Toronto is definitely a very like looking into the future uh, Stanley Cup final pick. You know what I think is so weird, though? I just want to say this on the Toronto point. I think what's so strange is Toronto went from a team for nine, like, friggin' eight years. That was, like, really six or seven. When are they going to get out of the first round? And they were, like, a me. Yeah. And then, and even in the reporting world, too. And then now they lose in the second round, and they won one game. 
And now yeah. Yeah. all of a sudden, all I'm seeing on the internet is Stanley Cup favorite. What did they do to earn that? Because they didn't really do they much didn't do, from the first yeah, round much. crap that was like, they're never going to win. And now all of a sudden, it's like, I'm seeing everywhere. It's like you open your phone. It's like Stanley Cup pick Toronto. I just think it's weird. Like, I don't get where that switch happened. Like, I get they made the acquisitions of the offseason. But at the same time, like, they won a playoff round, yeah. But then everyone kind of clowned them for the second round loss because it was like, oh, wow, you won in the first round. Ha ha. You didn't do anything else. And now, like, they're a cup. I don't know. I just think that's weird. I think it's mindset, right? Don't you think it's kind of a little bit of mindset? Like, I think after that first round win, it was like, oh, my God, we are the first Toronto Maple Leafs team to do this in so long. That it was like, it's almost like how Jack Hughes said in that one interview, like, we had so much, you know, built up, you know, drama and all this stuff after beating the Rangers that we were just gassed against this Carolina team. Mm-hmm. And you look at where Toronto is now, and that's my pick for the East final. If we're not going to talk about the boys in blue, um, thinking about how they are as a full team and wh- what their roster is, I feel like now it's like, okay, like, yeah, we know what it takes to get out of the first round, but we can't have that mindset anymore. We can't have the let's make the playoffs and win a round. We have to have that mindset of, of what is it going to take to go all the way. And so I, I feel like I could see them getting over that hurdle and getting through a couple rounds, but eventually just, I guess, running out of gas against Edmonton in the final. All right, my Stanley Cup pick. Non-Rangers. Carolina. <laughs> Give me the Carolina Hurricanes to beat the Dallas Stars. No. no. Nobody That's wants that, bro. Close. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants I just, that. I just think it's their year. I think it's Carolina's it's never their year. year. They're like the they, Leafs. Yeah, they've, made, yeah. they've made the playoffs too many times and have gone far so many times. I just feel like this year's the year. The play of Aho and Jarvis is huge. Their defense was already great. They go get Dmitry Orlov. They make their great defense even better. On Dallas's side of things, Wyatt Johnson may makes their forward depth so makes their forward depth deep. Matt Duchesne makes it much deeper. Plus the goal, I feel I'm. I'll say it. I'm a Jake Ottinger guy. I like Jake Jake Ottinger. We all are. I think he. I think USA. he bounces back. I think he's he got to step back. up this year. He will. I just think that, in all honesty, it comes down to coach. I just think Rod Brendamore is a better head coach than Pete DeBoer. So I'm going to go with the Hurricanes, probably in six. I know Pete DeBoer is Mr. Game Seven and undefeated in Game Seven. So I'm just going to take this. I'm going to go with the Hurricanes in six here. Magno? Um. Yeah, Matt. I would say go for it. Yeah, Matt. No, no, oh, Matt, I you go first because mine's a little, okay. mine's a little, eh, so you go first. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think the reason why is because I think like we sit here and I think we clown Jake for last year. I think there's like the answers, like I'm actually totally see Dan's answer. I think what happens though in the playoffs is what we saw last year. Everyone was like, oh, it's probably going to be Avs Tampa again. And I was sweating all year, man. I'm like, wouldn't that just suck if we get the same yeah, cup final again? I do think what happens in the postseason is you get a team that could get in to the playoffs. Or like a Pittsburgh this year, they bring in Eric Carlson, all of a sudden they're back. You know, last dance type thing. And suddenly the big dogs go down and now it's free game. It's anyone's cup final. And that's what happened last year. You know, to be honest, I know Vegas was knocking on the door. And in the past, they've beat some big dogs and, and advanced, you know, and, and made some deep runs. But I do think that's what happens. And 
obviously I'm going to think it's the Rangers for all their reasons. And I do think that because I think if you're like that third team in the division, that's always a great soft spot to be in. It's like nobody counting us in, but we're in. I do think, though, there are a lot of narratives I could buy into. I I do think, you know, to some degree, it's like Edmonton, like you got the best players in the world. Now they're 26. Like when's the point where it's like, all right, man, like you're not over the hill, but you're certainly like. When's it get, when are you going to even, you know, they didn't win a game in the conference final in 2022. Toronto Maple Leafs, you got Matthews, got that whole narrative, which I just kind of debunked. I think you look at like Carolina, like you said, Dan, I'm all only on that boat too. Like they only got a few more years left. They yeah. only got a few years left. And the reason I said that is because it's like you have the system, but there's going to be a point where the players start getting disgruntled that they haven't won. You bring in some veterans that maybe you shouldn't. There's going to be a point, I think, with Carolina, too, and I think it's going to start this season where it's like, hey, when are we going to win? Because now we've been in it for five years, like cup favorite for, you know, five years, a contender. Dallas is another team, though. I don't know why. They just really fascinated me last year, and I could see them winning just because I think they have all the pieces. They have the veterans. They add another one in Matt Duchesne for literally nothing. I do think part of me – thinks that like they're right in a good spot because it's like they're just entering contention and they have that potential. I think teams, the further you get, the longer it's like, do they really got it? The Avalanche were the one team recently and they were like a super team, that one where they were looking at it for a while and it took a long time to get there. So that's what I would say. Like I, I do think out of all those narratives, like I think there's more of a reason to believe the other teams won't win. And I think there's less to believe why Dallas wouldn't. So you're going with Dallas here. I'm going to go with Dallas here. Okay. Okay. Tim, I mean, you sent me your well, thing. Well, this is, this is, yeah, this is my pick at heart. Uh, I obviously want the Isles to win the cup. So I'm just going to say that that was my pick at heart. Uh, fair. Going with my, you know, going with my brain instead of my heart. I am so bought in on this LA Kings team. I'm not sure what it is. Wow. I'm not sure if it's center like depth. It. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's my faith in Cam Talbot or Tom McLean, you know, being a good head coach for them. I, I haven't been winning the Jack Adams. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do have the Kings winning the cup. I actually have them again. You're not going to like this pick. I have them winning against Tampa. Uh, I, I look at Tampa as kind of like the Golden State Warriors team, you know, two years ago that won that NBA finals. I'm not saying they win. Yes. But I think, you know, they have that step back here. They retool, they reapproach, they take some time off, they get a little healthier, they come back, you know, they're they're a team to be reckoned with. And I think that's what we're going to see in Tampa. But I, I do like this LA Kings team. I'm buying it in the center depth. I think they get this one done. Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing, like, before we wrap this up here, is that there are so many teams that have that, like, okay, this is how we can win the Stanley Cup. And that's what makes it so difficult is that you have to pick 32 teams and you can only yeah, pick one It's the hardest trophy to like, win. It's why it's the hardest trophy to win yeah, in all sports. I mean, it's anyone's it's game. So it's... It's literally, it's literally the one thing that makes it so, like, almost like gut wrenching. Just as a hockey fan, to mm. pick one team because, let's say, for example, if we all pick the Oilers, then that means all of our favorite teams have to lose. Um, then that means, yeah. you know, the uh, that means everybody else has to lose, right? And in the yeah. NHL, it's not like, oh, you know, you just lose. No, it's you go out in the most heartbreaking overtime disgusting every time. Fashion. You every go, time oh, you either go it's out horrible. like heartbreaking or you go out sad. Like it's uh, it's it, just, there's no you're, in between. You're, like you have the chances of you being upset 
are so much higher than the chance of you being happy. And you only have, and as a hockey fan, let's say you win the cup, you only have that happiness for a few months until all your other friends that are different yeah. fans of different teams are like, yeah, here we go, buddy. Let's do it all over again. So that's the one thing that just makes this so difficult. And I'll stand by so my What you're getting at is right? being a sports fan sucks. Yeah, it does. Well, it does. It's also, there's also a good end to it. I mean, think, think about it. The beauty of the NHL is you look at it's anyone's game. You go to the bubble, look what the Habs did. I mean, no one expected yeah. Montreal to even make it to the Stanley Cup. That's the beauty yeah. of the sport. It can be mixed up every year. And I think this year is where we really see a shakeup in that Western Conference. And I'm, I'm so sold on this Kings team. I, I might get a jersey. I'm thinking Kopitar. <laughs> it's their time. <laughs> If I wasn't a diehard Ranger fan, I would be rooting for an L.A. Tampa Cup final so much because I just think that would be just such a d- disgusting Cup final that like I'm tired no, of a Tampa. I'm not. I, 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 yeah, as much as I am, I'm the, so only thing about, <laughs> the only reason why I'm not tired of Tampa is because well, the only reason why I agree with you, Matt, is because the only way for Tampa to get to the Cup final is to play a Metro team, and that just stinks of rangers lightning again in the conference final but i, I i'm just not sold on them anymore that's like, fair I, I think what's definitely going to happen and we're kind of talking about it right now is with the nhl the variables that are involved or something i've been talking about kind of this whole time is like the kraken winning game seven that's such a shock yeah florida game seven that was crazy insane screen shot by february it was like Boston's winning the cup and everyone else should roll over and die. Yep. So I do agree with that 100%. I think the variables stink, right, for anybody. But I do think, like, now we're at a point where there's so many good teams that it's more about, like, I don't think you're getting the separation anymore. Where it was like, if there were a few good teams, they were good for a little while. Montreal from like in like 2014, 15, Tampa when they went on the rise. Now all the teams have this talent, they have some depth. Now you have so many good teams, it's the equilibrium. We're getting back to the balance. And it's going to take a little bit more for a team to win than just like, yeah, we're super skilled. Well, guess what? So are the other 10 teams that are that are you're competing against or en route to the Stanley Cup. So in the four teams ahead of you. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. I think like we all picked a team, but I could see why every one of those teams would win. And I could even see why teams outside of that would win. Uh, final thoughts. I mean, what a Hour pod. Forty-eight. Yeah, it is. Great. It is insane. I mean, I mean, you put you put all. I mean, dude, we could talk to trees if we wanted to. I mean, <laughs> hockey is just, and that's just the beauty of of the game that all of us love is that there's just so much to talk about. We could talk for an hour and 40, 48 minutes about a Western Conference team that none of us watch on a daily basis, and that's what I love about this sport is that. There's so many different narratives that you can go about with every team. And it just doing these kind of podcasts, these season previews, it really kind of just gets me excited for the season and excited to learn more about all these different teams, about what directions they want to go in and what could happen. And it's the beauty of sports. I mean, we, we all we all love hockey for a reason. And I think that's the big thing. Gotta love yeah, sports. this was, you know this was I'm, great. I'm taking on the wave again of like, bro, let's make hockey physical again. Let's make yeah. it violent. That's it all is. I want to see. Like that's a winning culture. That's a winning brand of hockey. Fights? It's a physical game. Fights were in the preseason. It was insane. Yeah, no, there were so many like, fights in the preseason. Whenever we're in the fam group chat, my grandpa texts me, and it's always when it's like when the Rangers were losing to Chicago, and there was like Goodrow and Truba, and he threw that. Oh, yeah. 
my grandpa yeah. was like, this is my type of game, and it gets me hyped. <laughs> I'm like, it to me, man. I love yeah, it. No, we need we need to see and some hitting. Teams go to the cup final, and they're oh so clean, and they win, and they're just so skilled. I like a dirty team. I like a Pameroon game, freaking seven overtime goal. <laughs> I love it. You know what I yeah. said this year? Jake, I said I said this before, and this is the beauty of the game too. I know I'm going on a complete tangent. I said Tyler <laughs> Pitlick scores a game seven overtime goal to send us to the Cup final. I'm hit forever. Tyler. Hang it, hang it in the rafters. Rafters, 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 rafters. If I have a business one day, he's carp launch here. Carp launch, but he Pitlick might not play. This fucking little guy, all of a sudden, oh, he might I, not play. I, I'm just saying, overall, you know, it's just like I didn't believe in the Islanders the two years they went to the cup, the conference Fair. final. Crazy. Fair. They were playing. They took Tampa to game seven. That's the part I love. Everything yep. we're saying right now, just like, you know, Jake, I know there was criticism last year on your Calgary pick. But, man, <laughs> I was convinced, too. I'm like, why could they not win? And, ironically, the team that everyone was like, God, fleeced their guy drags them to the cup final. Like, yep. that's the crazy part to me is that the team on the other end of that trade actually was in it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we talked we talked for almost two hours, but I think uh, we'll we'll look back and again be like, wow, different we time. Suck. We suck. We suck. L.A. Kings are going to be sellers you- at the deadline. I'm going to be looking back at this like a <laughs> moron. <laughs> Great. When you guys come back on in April when we preview the playoffs, we're just going to be all the same to ourselves. Well, we got to do, we we gotta do trade idiots. deadline. That's like the one. Trade, the trade yeah. deadline one is. That's great. <sighs> the start of the start of the nine month marathon. Let's go. And Predators, Lightning, anything. Game One. <laughs> who are we taking? All right, let's go. I'll, who are we taking? Game Give One. Me Nashville. Give me Nashville. Nashville. Tim, what do we got? I'm gonna take Smashville too. I think Lightning okay. are slower a little slow without Vasi. Road victory. Yeah, I mean no Vasilevsky, so I, it's definitely possible. I want catfish on the ice. <laughs> oh, that'd be dope. I think it's in Tampa, though, so I don't know. It's in Tampa, right, And yeah. then the last thing, and I will lock it in tonight, need an anytime goal scorer pick. My pick, got to go with Braden Point. Yeah, you could. Yeah, that, like, short period, like, a week where you were just, like, putting out, like, anytime goal picks. <laughs> I was cooking, and, Dude, the, and that ledge is elevator, man. I mean, I was cooking. Brady, Kuch- Brady Kachuk. Yep. There was another guy, to, too. I, I forget. Larkin on there, too. Larkin I got Braden Point. Who do we got? Who do who's scoring tomorrow? Oh, Braden Point's definitely a good one. That's such a tough question. Forsberg. Forsberg. Maybe we can leave it up. We can leave it up to the audience. Nick if we're Paul. getting this one out tonight. You think Bernard scores tomorrow in Pittsburgh? Yeah, no, no, I might no. Say he didn't. He got uh, he got his only only goal in preseason with an empty netter. I think it takes him like three games to get one. Wah wah wah. Okay, here's a good one. Give me William Carlson. That would be hard if he scored. Oh my wow. lord! What team is he on? He's on is Vegas. He on Vegas? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Shay Theodore. Oh. That's one. There you go. There's one. That's another one too. Okay. All right. We might put a little parlay together tomorrow, but that's all we I got. Well, Seattle's getting shut out. To close. So add that in there. Too. <laughs> okay. Generational right. hater. Yeah. Take Grubauer. is uh, over and goals allowed. <laughs> Gents, it is always a pleasure. We are nearing two hours on this preview. I don't even know how Tim and I are going to do a first and second half of this episode. Yeah, Gents, I, it is I, always a pleasure with the two of you. <laughs> <sighs> 
I feel like Jimmy Butler in the bubble where he's just like, where, he, where he's just like, <laughs> yeah, bent over. It over. <laughs> <laughs> like crazy dead. enough. You uh, say that I was watching finals highlights from that series, like maybe three hours ago. <laughs> oh God. It's a very good series. Matt and Jake. I don't even like basketball. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Fellas, we'll see you guys. Let's go Rangers. Deadline time. Go Rangers. Yes. Let's go baby. Whew.